Welcome back to the Cinefessions podcast. This is episode 135, and tonight we have Mark Nadeau, and I am Brandon Chowan. Mark, how the hell is everything going for you this week? I'm good. Excited to talk about tonight's films. I'm also oh. about a beer and a half in, so <laughs> that explains strap it. in. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Excellent. Oh yeah, because I, I want to talk about this one. <laughs> okay. Well, good, 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 good. Um, excellent. Hey, did you get your um apartment going? I like, did. Rent it out again. Perfect. Awesome. Uh, rent it out. Uh, old person left that day. New person moved in that night. I had yeah. to work that night. It all fell into place. Excellent. Well, that's good. I forgot to ask before we started recordings, but I wanted to to make sure everything fell into place as it should. So good. Yeah. Got first month's rent already. Might go see my Russian friend the next few days. So <laughs> oh, there you go. Little yeah, extra everything's looking cash. good. Perfect. Awesome. And yeah, this is actually the the first podcast we'll be recording uh, since our fifth year anniversary of the Cinefessions <coughs> podcast, which was back on August second. Um, it, we celebrated our five years as a podcast, and here we are, 135 episodes later. So that's that's pretty phenomenal. That's uh, pretty cool. Have done it. Yeah, I couldn't have done it without you. So I, uh, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, August second, twenty thirteen. Wow. I just did the last two years. You know, you've been here the whole time. So you've been here for the bulk, though. That's for damn sure. Because we start. <laughs> I think you came on. It was like episode th- late thirties or high forties, and you've been here ever since. So. I think it was thirty nine. It was the Evil Dead okay. remake episode. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It was. Yeah, we did the remake, and we talked uh, the last ep- the series finale for Ash versus Evil Dead season one. Yeah, I was a uh, guest host that uh, never yeah. left. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. The way it should be, damn it. <laughs> All right. So tonight we are going to move on to week three of our summer sequels 2018 arc with a review of Inside from 2016. Of course, this is a remake of the original from 2007, I believe, was when the original came out. And yes. if you missed our review of that original uh, during our home invasion arc, check out episode 71. To hear our thoughts on that, if you so desire. Obviously, you can watch one without the other because it's not a sequel, but I don't know why you would in this instance. But hey, to each their own. So before all that, though, let's talk about how you can find us on social media. You can find us at Cinefessions on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And you can email us at contact.cinefessions.com. And you can also leave us a voicemail if you want to be part of an upcoming show at one. 1- 302-448-TALK. That's 1-302-448-8255. And check out our long list of past media reviews and all 135 podcast episodes right on over at cinefessions.com. And also, if you're a fan of this show, please do us a favor. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. These podcast reviews are basically the main way we grow. So we thank you for your support there, along with telling your friends about the show. That's the other essential way to helping us uh, reach reach a larger audience. So we really appreciate you guys taking the time to share the show and for leaving those reviews on whatever uh, podcast catcher you might use to listen to us. So we thank you guys for both of those. And I haven't mentioned this in a long time, but I'm going to tonight. Okay. Because we have this affiliate link with Audible. And I've been I've been doing a lot of Audible lately, and so I want I want to hype this again. Um, so Audible offers a free audiobook download with a 30 day free trial, so all of our listeners can get an opportunity to check out 
everything that they have to offer. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, your Android, or your Kindle devices. So head over to audibletrial.com backslash Cinefessions to get your free audiobook. That's audibletrial.com backslash Cinefessions. And I'll tell you, I have listened to so many on there, but if you're kind of like looking for what what might be a good audiobook to start with, if I've never listened to one before, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone is about as good as they get. Uh, Jim Dale narrates the one I listen to. They also have narration by Stephen Fry, um, but I've listened to the Jim Dale narration and he is he's phenomenal. And so if you're trying to figure out is audiobooks, you know, is that something I might be interested in? If you have any interest at all in checking out the Harry Potter series, that's an excellent way to do it. Or if you're looking for like a reread of the series in kind of a different way, I, I highly recommend the uh, audiobooks that you can get on Audible and you can get it again, audibletrial.com backslash Cinefessions, and that'll get you it for free. So you can test out everything they have to offer. All right. So with that out of the way, let's talk about what we've been doing this past week, a uh, couple weeks here in the world of media. Okay. So I'll jump in. I'll, I'll keep talking about audiobooks for a second here. So, sure. um, I, I'm, I am currently, so audio, I am a, a member of Audible. Um, they had this really cool thing where Prime members could sign up for three months for five bucks a month. Normally it's 15. So that's a really good deal. And each month you get a credit, um, which I actually haven't used yet, but they also had a sale last week. And they had a ton of sci-fi and fantasy series, like generally like book one of longer series uh, on sale for like five bucks to five to seven bucks. That's what I genuinely was paying for them. And one I decided to pick up was called I Am Legion, I Am Bob by Dennis E. Taylor. Oh. And it is excellent. Have you ever heard of that at all? No, I haven't. Okay. So- I mean, it's really, it's kind of hard to explain, but basically it's about this guy who decides to have um, his head frozen after he dies so that he can be, the idea is that he'll be able to be brought back to life with this new body and his existing, you know, kind of being, his head, his soul, whatever. Uh, okay. Once science figures out a cure to whatever it is that that killed him. Um but I, and I don't want to spoil anything, and I don't want to give any spoilers because I don't know what people might find as spoilers, even though kind of the crux of the whole thing happens kind of at the end of the first chapter, and that leads into the rest of the book. But I'm still not going to spoil anything. Uh, I'll just say, like, things don't go quite as expected. Um, it, it's it's really lighthearted, and it's funny. It's not funny. I, I'm not laughing out loud as much as, um, like, even um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which I thought was okay and I know others love. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I'm smiling a lot and I just really enjoy it. So it's not like laugh out loud funny, but it's it's just lighthearted. Um, yeah. And there's still like – and the longer the book goes on, because I'm about halfway through it now, uh, the longer that it goes on, like it's more – it gets more and more deep in like the sci-fi nerdery, the sci-fi geekery, if you will. Um, okay. And I love it. Like it makes it so much fun. So it's just these, uh, this awesome character that we're really following and kind of his – trek through you know what happens to him and his his plan i guess so uh without without spoiling any of it at this point but i'm i'm absolutely loving it so far i've been listening to it for the past couple of days and i'm already over 50 percent through my trick with audiobooks i listen to it at 1.5 speed um and i feel like that doesn't mess up mess it up at all like it doesn't they don't sound like a, the narrator doesn't sound like a chipmunk at all basically what that does is kind of of um um like close up the 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 pauses and so it just makes makes it a quicker read and so i can listen to a 10-hour audiobook in 
less than two days, generally speaking, because I have about three hours of listening time each day because of lunch and then my drive to and from work. And I'm listening at one and a half times speed. That equates to about an hour, uh, like an hour, hour and a half of list of book time each, each, um, like every, uh, drive there, drive home and at lunch. So, I mean, that's a significant amount of book I can get in in a day. And so, um, that's what I, I love about audiobooks is I can listen much quicker than I can read. Cause I'm just not a super fast reader. So it just yeah. works out for me. Um, I did decide I was talking about Neuromancer last week or last episode. I did decide to shelve it just cause I kept going a little bit further. I'm just like, I'm so lost on what's going on. Cause my head was all over the place. And so I just, I shelved that one for now and I'm going to come back to it. I'm going to start from the beginning and try that one again. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just to really give it its fair shake. And like I said, I'm, I was liking it, but I just, my head was everywhere. Okay. And that's the other thing I like on Monday, yesterday, I decided on, um, Monday morning that I wasn't going to listen to it, uh, an audio book just cause like I just needed to listen to music because if I'm in a spot where like, I'm just thinking too much on the drive to work, like I can't focus. And so uh, that's my other thing that I've discovered is that I have to like be in the right mood to, to listen to these, to really understand what's going on. But yeah, um, the other one I listened to last week and I actually, I'm not going to talk too much about it because I did post an Instagram review on it, uh, this past Friday. Uh, so you can find us again, Cinefashions on Instagram. That's where you'll find this. Um, but I gave this one four stars. I loved it. It's it, my first memoir I ever read. It's called Failure is an Option. And it's by H. John Benjamin, who is like my absolute favorite voice actor. He does Bob from Bob's Burgers and he does Archer from Archer. Um, he is like the the drunken uh, gym coach from Home Movies, if you remember that show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's, he's fucking fantastic. I absolutely love him. Uh, Bob's Burgers is my favorite television show period um it by far my favorite animated show like i just i absolutely love it so you know i've never watched an episode of that oh man see and i don't know any of it i don't know if you'll like it um it's obviously not going to be everybody's cup of tea but i just absolutely love it um okay but his audio and it was it was because he narrates his own audiobook it was as if he was reading to me and so that just made it even better um, and it's a pretty short one. Again, this is one I finished in less than two days. Like it was real quick. Um, but man, it is so funny. I was, this one, I was laughing out loud nonstop, like driving home to and from work, just laughing my ass off. It was absolutely hilarious. Um, he tells all these different stories and they're just ridiculous. They're gross, but they're so funny. So check out kind of my extended thoughts on, on Instagram for that one. Um, but so that's, that's all I've been doing in the world of, of books. That's not true. I did finish reading a star, one of the, uh, I think it was Darth Vader graphic novel. I can't really say too much about it. I started reading like the first three, um, issues back in like December. And then I just kind of let it sit on my Kindle and I just forgot about it. And then I came back to and just finished the last three, um, uh, uh, this past couple of days. Um, and it's good. It's great. The art is fantastic. And the story is interesting because it's basically the story of what happens after A New Hope with okay. Darth Vader. And so it's pretty interesting. Um, he's basically being like um, uh, scolded for the um, uh, the death, the Death Star being destroyed in New Hope. Yeah. And it's kind of like his his struggle from that. So it's interesting. But. Yeah. So and then on I'm going to I'm going to give it to you for a minute so you can talk about. 
whatever you want to talk about for a minute, and then we'll jump back into our films after you're done with whatever you want to talk about. TV, wrestling, whatever. You go for it. Sure. Well, you know what? Since you finished off on books and whatnot, um, I <laughs> one of my challenges this year was to read more. And after a, a long hiatus, I actually just finished reading my uh, Full Moon book. It came from the Isles, I think it's called. It came from the awesome. Horror Isles. I, I forget the name of the book. Uh, right now, it's not in front of me. I had it in um, my Amazon cart for the longest time because you forgot yeah. it last time. And then you like texted me after the show, and, and I added it to my cart. And it's just been in my um like my saved area for the longest time. But now I just got rid of it and added it to my wish list instead. Yeah. But yeah, I know exactly it's, what you're talking about. It's it's a long read. I've actually written the review, and I'm going to post it. Uh, well, by the time you hear this, uh, it will be posted already. Um, but uh, see, I, so again, I grew up as a Full Moon fan, going to the video store, renting the Puppet Masters, renting Oblivion. So that's the stuff I really liked. Um, I'd like to say, you know, watch Trancers, but I did that really late in my life, which is last year. Um, but uh, yeah, so I grew up on these films, and it's got a special place in my heart, even though... Some of these films are not up to snuff. And this book really describes a full moon from the time that they were partnered with Paramount up until just recently. Um, it's sometimes a dry read because like, I want to hear about Puppet Master, but all the movies I grew up with got regulated to a, the final chapter where it talks about franchises. So, what I really wanted That's was lame. all in the last chapter of the book. Um, <laughs> because Full Moon has a lot of movies, a lot of movies I've nev never heard of before. And the book kind of details them pretty in pretty good description. Um, it's pretty thorough, almost too thorough for some of these titles that maybe don't deserve to be so thorough. So if you're not familiar with the film or just don't care about the film, it gets a bit of a, it's a bit long to read. Um, and again, I don't give myself enough time to read and that's something I've recently changed because I just bought a new Kindle. Yeah, so I saw that. that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to do more reading. Um, so I finally finished that behemoth of a book, which really, it's only like 450 some pages, but it's a bigger book with very small font. So it's like, th there's a lot per page, even that with was, pictures, there's a lot per page. Yeah. And that was physical, right? Yeah. That's physical. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and Plus, fucking, that book was heavy. And, like, try reading a really heavy book in bed. It doesn't mm -hmm. really work out, you know? I know. I hate that. Yeah. Um, so, so I read mostly at work. And sometimes work got busy. And then, like, on night shifts, you know, I had my tablet. I've got my Switch. So, reading even at 2 in the morning kind of becomes an afterthought. So, finally finished it. Um, and it finished on a high note because it talked about the movies I really liked. So, um I'm kind of in the mood to start uh, start reading again. So my two read pile is still pretty big, but on Prime Day I wanted that I wanted to get a new Kindle. It was on sale. I bought one. Um, so I'm gonna alternate between like a Kindle book and a physical book so that I can bring them into my to read pile and uh, also get books like on the fly whenever I need them. So back when I first started my first computer, I was maybe in grade twelve. Okay. Grade 11, grade 12. And it was a IBM 386 with a 100 meg hard drive. <laughs> yeah. So one of the first games I ever got, and I don't know why I picked it. Um, it's a game called Betrayal at Crondor. 
which is based off a fantasy series written by an author uh, called Raymond E. Feist. Um, as a kid, you know, what? I was in grade 12, I was maybe in grade 10, because this is pre-internet. Uh, yeah, so grade 10, I guess. And, uh, because of, so it's, it was like a, an RPG, but medieval fancy RPG, kind of like Lord of the Rings, but it's an all, it's, it's an alternate fancy world. So, uh, okay. it's called, it's called the Rift World Saga. That's what the game was based upon. That series of books. I read a few of them as a kid. I liked them a lot. So I thought, you know what? When I got my first Kindle, maybe in 2010, uh, the first book of the series called Magician. Uh, which was split into two other books called Magician Apprentice and Magician. Uh, what was the other one? Magician Apprentice and Magician Master, I think it is. Yes, Magician Master. Um, they weren't available to download as an ebook. So I never got into the series because I like starting things from the beginning. Um, so I, uh, when I got my new Kindle and, uh, I checked the, uh, the, I guess the, their Kindle bookstore now mm-hmm. and, um, it's there. So I'm like, fuck yeah. I want to start from the beginning. So I'm about a third of the way through this book already. And, uh, it's, it, I like it a lot. It's written really, it's not written like Tolkien where you might be scratching your head on some passages. It's written in plain English. Um, again, it's the beginning of a huge saga of books. So it's, it's kind of like Harry Potter where it doesn't start off baby. But you guess your main characters are teens, especially like this book is called Magician Apprentice. So uh, your main character in this book, his name is Pug, and he gets picked to become the apprentice of the uh, Duke's magician in this world. And, uh, you know, you're just following his adventures. So as the books progress, the stories will mature more kind of like, you know, kind of like Harry Potter. But again, it's not a kid's book. It's just the first book of a long series. And from what I can see here... Um, it's over, it's over, fuck, almost 30 books. So I'm not saying I'm going to read all of them, but uh, I'm going to start from the beginning and take it from there. So I'm reading book one of the Rift War saga by Raymond E. Feist. And I'm enjoying that a lot. And awesome. uh, actually I looked at, yeah, I looked at my bookshelf to actually see what books that I've bought and I haven't read yet. And I got like about nine of them and they're mostly like movie review books <laughs> and movie oh, related, yeah. like behind the scenes stuff. So if I can get my fiction from, from my Kindle and then my nonfiction from, from paper books, so be it. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm doing bookwise right now. Um, as for video games, nothing has changed. I still suck at darkest dungeon. I've actually found a link on like a help screen for like the final dungeon survival guide because I'm, I'm at a point now where I don't want to play the game anymore because I've played for so long yet. I still want to finish it, but it's so fucking tough or I just don't find the I haven't found the right combination of things to progress where, and I've bought more games, but I don't want to play the other games until Mm -hmm. I finish this one. So I feel I've had my money's worth and I still haven't played the DLC yet, but I feel that. If I get some help to finish these last two dungeons, I still feel accomplished because I got to this point. Um, mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it's a bit of a cop out. I understand, but I I want to play more. I want to play Golf Story, damn it. So, um, so yeah, so I'm still playing Darkest Fucking Dungeon, and uh, I've actually played a bit more of Mario uh, Odyssey. Um, just because uh, I've had a few days off. Now, I I think I tweeted last week saying, you know, I got five days off. I'm gonna play a whole bunch of odyssey 
but since yeah. after I tweeted that tweet, um, I worked eight hours of overtime and then, you know, I spent time with my girlfriend. Hmm. So didn't have much time for video games, uh, because I'm playing Odyssey only on the big screen downstairs because I think it deserves more than just handheld. And I want to play with the Joy-Con action controllers. So, you know, yeah. when I'm flicking my, my cap, I'm flicking the joystick so, right. or the Joy-Con. So, uh, so video game wise, that's all I've done. Um, another thing that you'll, you'll see soon enough. Um, I don't have very many movies to talk about this week because New Japan Pro Wrestling has pretty much taken over the last few weeks of viewing for me. Um, I've got five, uh, events left to watch. I'm halfway through the first of five, which happened on Sunday. Then there's, uh, one Wednesday and then Thursday, Friday, and then, uh, pardon me, one Wednesday, then Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday night's the final to see who won the G1 climax for this year. Um, again, the wrestling's been, it's been awesome. Um, on, uh, last Saturday, I guess that was the fourth, no, that was the fourth, the third, the fourth. Anyways, um, the, the main, uh, the same main event was, uh, uh, Ishii versus Omega. Uh, Kenny Omega versus, I think it's tomorrow Ishii. And Addy. And it was awesome. It was, fa- it was such a fantastic match. The whole card's been good. If you're interested in New Japan Pro Wrestling, I would suggest to look at the G1 Classic and just watch the B block matches because they're so much better than the A block matches. I just find the rest, there's better wrestlers on the B block events. Anyways, hmm. so I won't bore you with more Japanese wrestling, but yeah, I've been watching a lot of it. And again, every show is about three hours long. So it does That's take a full time a- fucking job watching New Japan Pro Wrestling. It sounds like just for the G1, because then after <laughs> that, well, because it, it's, it's their big, that's like their big event, right? Uh, after that, um, their schedule kind of slows down a lot. I think there's only four or five live events, uh, available for streaming, uh, in the next month. So it's just, it's a big, it's a lot right now, but then it's kind of, it's pretty spaced out after that. So, you know, whatever, uh, but I'm, I'm still enjoying it. So, uh, you know, I have no regrets, uh, getting involved into that. Of course, now I want all the new t-shirts that come out because I'm a Mark. Um, <laughs> but before I do that, I need to get rid of, uh, I need to make some room in my closet for it. Um, but apart from that, that's all minus the movies I've watched. So if you want to take over. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll jump in with my games real quick. So basically, I've just been a little obsessed with um, a-, a baseball recently. I don't know why, um, but I've been playing MLB The Show 17 a lot. Yeah. Um, and what I'm doing, I-, I decided to be like super geeky and I'm like basically running this like through an Excel document, kind of stat tracking everything. And so okay. I-, I play one game a month. So I'm playing with the Tigers and the goal is to like rebuild them because they're obviously shit now. And so I'm playing one game a month and then making all like the behind the scenes moves, you know, trading, free agent signing and yada, 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 setting the lineups, setting the rotation, everything like that. And then just keeping stats so I can figure out like who needs to go, you know, where I'm failing and so on and so forth. And so my first season, I was like fighting for first and second the entire season until the final month. And I went like seven and 20 or something ridiculous. And we ended up oh, ending wow. the, the season in fourth place. I'm like, what the f-? Like the fucking twins jumped me. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> Kirby Puckett. Yep. <laughs> no, the, the show 17, not the show 97. But hey, Oh, my bad. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so. 
in, in the off season, I made some moves and whatnot. And then, um, so I'm in my second season now doing the same thing. And it's just, it's a lot of fun for me. Like I, the only reason I play one game a month is just kind of for fun because I like playing the games are a lot of fun. Um, but my real goal is to try to build this team. And if I were to play every game, I, you know, I could probably win the world series in, in one attempt if I tried. But sure. two, the other reason I don't do that is because there's fucking 182 games. So like, there's no way in hell or 162 games. Rather, there's no way in hell I'm actually playing 162 games. You know, that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, it's a long season. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And so, yeah, so that's what I'm doing. It's just, it's a lot of fun. And so I am, uh, again, I'm like nine games out of second right now, but I'm doing really well in the current month I'm in. And so uh, I've been having a lot of fun with that. And then I've been also messing around with some out of the park baseball, uh, 18 as well. Um, okay. messing with like my, uh, fantasy, uh, fantasy, uh, league I have set up there and just kind of testing some things out and, and so on with that. But it's really been about, uh, MLB, the show 17 for me right now. And that's really all I've been, uh, playing, but on the, uh, film side of things, I, I have mm-hmm. watched a few, uh, number of movies. So let's see, I'll start at the top here, I guess. So the first one that we watched, Bridget and I were trying to find something to watch, which is always a fucking chore to find something that we'll both agree on because I generally want to watch something horror and she doesn't ever. And so always, yeah. trying to find something is always a pain in the ass. But every once in a while, we'll find something sci-fi and we're like, yeah, let's give it a shot. So Netflix released this movie called Extinction. And I didn't realize it came out relatively recently, like within the past month, I want to say, if not sooner than oh, that. Yeah, exactly. I, and I keep thinking that movie is Annihilation. Which is something altogether oh, different. Okay, yeah, that that yeah. is, yes, that is, um, yeah. So this one is um, Extinction from 2018. So this uh, basically it's an, an alien invasion movie for kind of just dumbing it down to what it is, but it's not a typical alien invasion movie in any sense of the word. It is really interesting, really fascinating. Uh, I thought the acting was fantastic. Uh, it it's just a really cool unique take on that genre and i really enjoyed it i gave it three and a half out of four stars um and i just i I don't i don't know i don't want to talk too much about it because it you know i feel like if it if you hear read any spoilers it's going to kind of ruin the movie for you so i would just recommend going in as blind as possible um yeah i put it on my list to watch it's i just need to find the time yeah yeah Yeah. i'd be interested to see what your thoughts are because i think you'll i think you'll enjoy it you know if nothing else so uh, you might not like it as much as I did, but I think you'll I think you'll enjoy it well enough. And uh, again, I just think the acting was really good. I can't remember. I'm trying to remember who the hell was in it. I uh, Michael I know, Pena. Uh, yes, yes, exactly right. And then the girl is from. Um, she was from like I think she's uh, from that sex show, Masters of uh, Masters, Masters of, of None. Or Masters of Ma- None, yeah, or the Showtime show. Yes, that one. No, Masters of None with Aziz Ansari. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, not oh, that one. Okay. Um, the 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 one about sex. I can't, yeah, I can't. With, Lizzie, the Lizzie one Kaplan. with uh, with. Uh, I like her. I do too. I think she's great, and um, she she's really good in this one. Uh, yeah. So I, again, I, I would definitely definitely recommend checking this one out. Um, because it's it's just like I said, a more unique take on what they do. And I think I'm wrong. I don't think she's from that sect. Yeah, Masters of Sex. I was right. Okay. Yeah, no, she I is. I know we're from no, Cl- uh, Cloverfield. Mean Girls, mostly. And Cloverfield, exactly, yeah. Yeah. What were you going to ask? Um, is the film better than The Happening? <laughs> it is, yes, yes. I, okay, I'm not good. a Happening okay. hater, 
It took but you a second there to answer. Okay. Okay. Well, that's I, good. Because I, <laughs> I, I would have logged off oh, right away man. if you said no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I like that one. Definitely rec- that, recommend that one. Uh, the next one was from 2016 called Before I Wake. And this yes. is one that Bridget has been like kind of passing and, and pauses on it all the time and, and wants to watch it. And I don't know. It just never looked... It, it you know it's supposed to be a horror it, it's advertised as a horror movie but it never looked like it would have been that good and so i just always kind of passed on it but finally we were like okay let's just watch it and well, so i saw a trailer for that film at mm-hmm. the theater and oh, for some reason you? it never got a theatrical release yeah because it, the trailer so. made okay. it look good but uh thomas jane's haircut really hurt it i just couldn't get past his haircut. yeah i know <laughs> i know it doesn't even look like him it's so weird um but yeah so it's a this horrible one, haircut Exactly. But this one is about this couple who their their son dies. And that was one sticking point to me. Like, the, this isn't a spoiler at all, but like the kid drowns in the bathtub and he looks well old enough to like pull himself up. So I don't I don't know how I just like I'm like, why don't you just sit up, dude? Like, what are you? Whatever. Anyway. Um, so and so they they decide to um, like adopt this child. And so like they bring him into their home super cute fucking kid like the kid was awesome he's such a great actor and he's just so cute like he is so good in this um but his whatever he dreams comes to life in in the real world and of course if his dreams are coming to life so are his nightmares and that's when things start getting sticky and so um there there are some things that i didn't love about it but overall, it's a really solid film. And, and really, like, the first half of it was – there were some genuinely creepy moments that um, that reminded me of, like, some some J-horror from when that was popular in the mid-2000s. Um, and totally. And specifically, like, the original Japanese horror films, not necessarily the remakes as much. But um, – and that's kind of the same vibe it gave me. But just kind of for the first maybe quarter of the first half of it. And then it – it doesn't really have that same kind of level of um, what subtlety. And that was one thing that really bugged me was kind of the end kind of loses all of that subtlety a hundred percent of the way. Um, and that bothered me a bit, but still I gave this one three stars. I think it's a good, good movie. I would recommend, uh, you know, I think it's worth, worth the time I spent with it. Um, and uh, again, the acting's really good. There's just some things toward the end that I wasn't a huge fan of. And like it, it kind of, there's this one thing that it kind of dangles in front of you in this exchange between the husband and the wife, and then it never touches on it again. And it's like, it explains literally everything else down to a T, but it leaves this giant carrot just hanging there. And it almost yeah. makes me think that that might be something that is, um, like was cut out of it. Um, this is directed by Mike Flanagan, who, uh, did like Oculus, um, and what else did he do? Oculus. Oh, he did Gerald's game. Um, yeah, I like Oculus. Yeah, uh, I, I haven't seen Gerald's game yet, but I'm looking at my letterbox right now, and I gave that uh, a half or a half score. I gave it uh, two and a half out of five. Okay, it, I thought it was just okay, but it kind of it didn't. It it, it felt very J horror. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it just it just didn't capture me like. Uh, uh, like I was hoping it would, because it's a cool premise. You're talking about Oculus? Uh, no, Before I Wake. Oh, oh, you did see Before I Wake. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just, I thought it was okay, but it, it didn't blow me away. Like, I'd probably never watch it again. Exactly. I, I'm with yeah. you. Um, you know, I, I, like I said, solid three out of four, good movie. 
Um, but nothing that that I would come back to again. I don't think. Um, yeah, and Oculus I, and, is awesome. And that's the thing. I'm kind of hit and miss with him because I loved Oculus. I thought it was great. Hush, I thought was really good. Yeah. Gerald's game, I thought was really bad. And Before I Wake, I think is kind of in the middle. And so he's definitely an up and down director for me. Have you seen, you haven't seen Gerald's game. I really want you to see Gerald's game because I want to hear your opinion on that. Um, no, it's but, on my list to watch. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, man, I did not like Gerald's game. Ugh, anyway. Um, and Hush, you were, I think you were the one that was kind of more lukewarm on, whereas Ash and I really liked that one. Yeah, I, I liked it. I just thought she, uh, the main character made some really stupid mistakes. Okay. Or, yeah, pardon enough. me, poor decision making, I should say. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the, the next one I watched was, actually, it's a long-ass fucking movie. And so I started watching it, like, I don't know, Sunday night, I think it was. And then I fell asleep for, like, the last 40 minutes, so I had to watch the rest of it the next day. But um, this was... Uh, from 2003, Dreamcatcher, which is obviously based on the Stephen King novel of the same name. And this has an awesome cast, like Thomas yeah. Jane, uh, Jason Lee, um, Morgan Freeman's in it. Yeah, um, and it's also got, uh, okay, Thomas Jane, Jason Lee, uh, the guy from uh, who's now in Billions, who used to be in Homeland. Uh, the redhead. Oh, God damn. Yeah. His name is escaping me. It's so annoying when I can't remember names. Um, yeah. It, it, it's got a good guy who beats his wife. And... Tom Sizemore was in it. Uh, it That's yeah, right. He's, a, he's an army guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, oh, Damian Lewis and Timothy Oliphant yeah. are the other two. That's a guy. Ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the cast is phenomenal. The, 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 sto- this reeks of a film that would, <clears throat> excuse me, would work better as a novel. Because there are some parts in here that are like clearly in the book, it would just kind of be in the in the character's head. But here they yeah. have to like speak it aloud. And it's just the goofiest fucking shit ever. Like, this is not a good movie. I do not like this at all. No. Like, and and from what I hear, this is one of King's lesser works as well. And so yeah. I just have I have no interest in ever reading this. The whole thing is just goofy as fuck. Um yeah. it's it, uh, it the uh, tone is all over the place. Like when Jason Lee's in your movie, you should be making a comedy. Jason Lee does comedy. He doesn't do serious. And it shows here because he's like, whatever he does is just comedic. And there yeah. are even points where Thomas Jane is comedic. And I'm like, I don't think this is supposed to be funny. Like, right. What the hell is going on? Like, it is not a good. I gave it one and a half stars. Yeah. He's got a good haircut in this movie, which kind of helps the film. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. But I'll be honest with you. I saw this movie in the theaters when it came out. Oh, and okay. I loved it. I fucking <laughs> loved it. And I'll tell you why. Uh, because I was dating a drug dealer and I, for the first time, took uh, two tabs of acid prior to the film. Oh, my God. I love it. Oh, That's yeah. Amazing. I, I loved it, too. I thought it was the best <laughs> fucking movie ever. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. So, so the, so, uh, the girl I'm seeing at the time, uh, so we leave the theater and I'm feeling pretty good. And she goes to the bathroom um, so I'm waiting in the lobby and one of my buddy's roommates, uh, sees me and starts talking to me and I had to stare at this trash can while he's talking to me because if not, I was going to burst out laughing. Um, so I'm focusing on this trash can trying to make sure that I'm not cracking a huge stupid grin on my face, you know? Yeah. So I'm concentrating. She finally picks me up and we, uh, head back to my parents' house. 
because she's staying with us because a uh, long story. And yeah. <laughs> so I'm in, I'm in my uh, Chrysler Neon. She's driving. I obviously, I am not driving. Right. I'm in the passenger seat. It's the summertime. Uh, the moonroof is rolled back. It's a clear night sky. The uh, stars are twinkling. And uh, I had the CD of, uh, I think it's, it's uh, Sexy Boy by Air. Oh, no, it's Moon Patrol by Air. It's an ambient, <laughs> like, you know, EDM-style oh, music. And they're playing track four, which I think is called Talisman. And between me driving home, well, in the passenger seat, looking at the stars, the stars are zipping by me, the song, and I'm like, this song was made for me for this moment, you know? It's so <laughs> stupid. Um, acid, acid is awesome, kids. I say this, everybody should try it. <laughs> Um, especially if you're going to watch Dreamcatchers for the first time, you'll exactly. fucking love it and then tweet to Stephen King about it. Then right. he'll ask you if you're on drugs and you'll be like, yeah, actually I am. Right. <laughs> Watching it sober, holy fuck, it's a horrible film between the <laughs> ass monsters and uh, oh, just God. Morgan Freeman's eyebrows in this movie. What's up with his eyebrows? I have no idea. Oh, I, I believe they're both sentient. And he was hosting <laughs> two sentient aliens uh, looking to kill those ass monsters. It's a horrible film. It, it's garbage. Uh, but it does hold a special place in my heart right beside Puppet Master 3. <laughs> there you go. That's a, yeah. that's a good company to be in. Oh, fuck yeah. I didn't realize Duddits was Donnie Wahlberg. I totally didn't even realize that. Yeah, I know. He was wow. kind of typecast after The Sixth Sense because it was Donnie Wahlberg as well. He's the guy that, uh, he's the guy, oh, spoiler alert to everybody, but he's the guy in the bathroom at the beginning who kills him. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, Yeah, so, it's it's such a fucking horrible movie. Oh my God. Oh, it's the shit. I was, I was quite disappointed because Bridget's like, uh, she was at her sister-in-law's house. Or geez, he was at her sister's house, my sister-in-law, and yeah. uh, my brother-in-law was like getting ready to start it, and she was like, uh, she thought it looked interesting, so she came, but she was leaving, so she came home and she was like, you know, what about Dreamcatcher? Have you seen that? I was like, no. She's like, uh, like reading it. She's like, it kind of sounds like it might be something like The Thing, and I was reading, it, I was like, yeah, it, it could be. <laughs> it kind of sounds like that. And boy, oh boy, were we disappointed? <laughs> it was nothing like that. Hey, Dreamcatcher but, just shows that you could be one of the best horror novelists in the world and yeah. you will still write a stinker every so often. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so there was that one. Um, and then I watched a – so I was going to talk about this on Instagram, but like it's two weeks out. So I'll probably have another one to talk about before then. Uh, so I'll sure. just talk about this one now. Um, it was from my personal Cinefashions list. Um, what is the hashtag you use? Films I should have seen? Uh, sh- films they should have seen but I haven't yet. <laughs> yes. Let me double check my Instagram. That that catchy that catchy hashtag. <laughs> I am so, uh, I'm a hashtag master. That's right. Hashtag master. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling trying to find one here. <laughs> uh, fuck. Oh, here we go. Uh, hashtag films I should have seen. No, films I should have seen already. <laughs> okay, there you go. Yeah. That one, yeah. So I watched uh, – one of those that was on there was 2003's The Room by Tommy Wiseau. Now, obviously, oh, okay. this is – yeah, well, real well known because it's supposed to be one of the worst movies ever made, blah, blah, blah. So yes. – and I thought, you know, I, I've seen Troll 2, which I loved. <laughs> yeah, I've oh, seen it's awesome. Uh, Sledgehammer. Which is not generally well known, but to me is one of the worst films ever made, and I love it. 
Um, okay. You know, generally just those types of films I tend to enjoy. Um, in The Room, uh, yeah, there are some really funny moments. Obviously, almost all of it is stemming from Tommy Wiseau's acting because it's just <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, yeah. And it is it is funny. I did laugh out loud a couple times. But overall, it's just really, really slow and kind of boring. Um, there's like, I swear to God, it's a, a 96 minute movie. And I swear one third of it is just extended sex scenes with like really, really bad music playing in the background. <laughs> and I mean, like, that's funny, but it's just like, okay, like I get it. They're having sex. Like, let's move on. Like, it's just boring as hell. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't, I didn't like it i didn't like i'm not one of like the cult followers of this one i guess like it just didn't do it for me like like troll 2 did which i loved and you know then i had to seek out best worst movie because which is a fantastic documentary on troll 2 yeah oh fantastic. now right now um, i i really want to see the disaster artist which is the like the uh film with uh what's his fuck um the uh different uh, uh jesus yeah uh, uh not the franco um oh fuck God, that's so annoying. Uh, uh, Franco. Yeah, uh, James Franco. James Franco. Thank you. Yes. Um, that starts James Franco about this movie. I really want to see that now. Um, and I have like a I, book I need the Franco. about this. Yeah. And so I want to take – I want to read that as well. I'm, I'm more interested yeah. in kind of the behind-the-scenes aspects of this than the actual film itself because it's just boring as hell. Like I don't want to watch it again. I know people will go like every – I used to have this guy who when I worked at Family Video, he would come in and just rave and rave about this film and talk about how he goes to the screening of it every year and well, locally and everything. And it's just like, ugh, not for me. In Ottawa uh, at the Mayfair Theater, they have a monthly screening of it. Monthly? And I think they've screened – Monthly. So wow. one Saturday night every month, the late show, it's the room. I still haven't gone yet. I have really no desire to go see it. It doesn't interest me at all. But mm-hmm. I think they've ran it for like over 90 months now. Wow. And I They sell the room merchandise uh, in their lobby. Like, I, I don't get it. I, I know eventually I'm going to watch it, but yeah. I really don't get the appeal. I really don't. Because I've seen Wazo. He was in Samurai Cop 2. He was a drizzling shit. That movie is beyond horrendous. Uh, Samurai Cop 1 is yeah. awesome. But number two, it was kickstarted. And all, mostly, I think everybody came back to it. And uh, man, they all look bad. Oh, mm. it's 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 rough to watch. Like, I kind of, like, I feel bad for these actors, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of looking bad, yeah. I saw a mugshot of Goldberg from the oh. Mighty Ducks. Oh, I feel yeah. so bad. He's... I thought I he was like in his seventies. The the mugshot's terrible. He's like what thirty nine. He's like he's not even forty years old. And I've felt so bad. I'm like God. I hope he. I hope he can turn his life around. Because jeez, it's I funny you mentioned that because I actually saw that right before I left work tonight, and oh, I couldn't yeah. believe it was him. I could I not know. believe it was him. Crazy. He looks. He looks fifty. He looks like he's on meth. Yeah, exactly. And he very well yeah, he could lo- be. He lost a lot of weight, so I made some uh, yeah. inquiries about getting a bit of meth, just so I can like regulate. <laughs> there you go. You know, I just want to lose twenty pounds. You know, that's it. It's that's not much to ask for. So go. Yeah. For it. Well, apparently it's like you chase a dragon once, and then you keep running after the dragon, <laughs> and that's how you lose all the weight. <laughs> that's how you lose so, yeah. it's like yeah. a calorie burner, right? But yeah, and, and it's mythical. You know exactly. Yeah. So, um, because we were talking about this last week, how we haven't been, um, you were like the only one going with your challenges, but uh, I was looking at mine. Well, did and did I'm I actually, say that? 
Did yeah. I say that? Yeah, once oh, or twice. Oh, okay. But that's oh, that, maybe. I'm actually doing pretty well in my challenges. Um, like the book okay. challenge, I've I've blown that out of the water by like four times the amount because I would only yep. planned on reading four. Um, uh, and then this this one is kind of my main focus now from now to the end of the year. And I I, I forgot I already watched Indiana jo- or um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, which that's the first Indiana Jones, right? Uh, yes, it is. Okay. And so I'm two out of my 12. So I only have 10 films to watch between now and the end. That's not, that's not much. So I, I think no. I'll be able to get through my, my, my personal Cinefessions list as well. Um, the only, really the only one that's not going to happen is to release 40 podcast episodes, but that's because I, we had life changes. And so obviously that's just of not, course. you know, that's not in the cards, but, um, and yeah, then, R.I.P. Um, Ash. <laughs> I forgot to even mention Ash at the beginning of the show. He's closing on his house tonight. That's why he's not here. I'm such an asshole. He, he didn't he, leave he's us. Been he just... bar- he's been buried. Uh, we've had the wake already. <laughs> and now we're auditioning for new Ashes. Oh, man. I totally forgot. I meant to, too. I totally forgot. <laughs> what an asshole I am. Yeah. But anyway. No. No. He, he no, should be back. No. Be back. Don't say that. So, from, yeah, from the and dead. then uh, I'm I'm trekking through, like I had five sports games. I think I'm like three in. If I beat this one, I'll be four. So I'm, I think I'm pretty good on my challenges, um, checking in with them. So I'm I'm happy with that. So my big focus now will just be this personal Cinefessions list. Um, going yeah, forward, I'm, uh, so. I'm halfway through it right now. It's like at six. Yeah. And uh, I think I've got one or two like that I own and the rest don't stream. So I have to buy them. Okay. But uh, yeah, so I'm because it's August now, I'm, I'm falling behind on that. I should be mm-hmm. at uh, eight now. I'm only at six. So yeah. once I, th- I think once I finish my Kino Lober challenge, which mm-hmm. I'm getting pretty good, um, those other films should fall into place like Domino's. So I'm not too, too worried about it. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm going to have a couple though, weeks off because, for, you know, uh, when the baby comes. So. You know, yeah. I'll probably be able to watch some stuff there because I hear they sleep a lot in the first couple weeks anyway. So, <laughs> and, and then you'll be up all night with them, so you'll be yeah, able to watch, exactly. you know, movies all night. Um, but it's funny because I, I check my uh, letterbox. You know, once once a week I get my letterbox like uh, you know newsletter, and it tells you how many movies that you've logged in, and I log all my movies on letterboxed. And this yeah. year I've only seen 154 movies, which compared That's- to last year. I was just saying, and that's uh, why, yeah, because of your, all your crazy, crazy challenges last year. Yeah, because last year, I think I finished it over 400. So, or no, I think it was like 350. But wow. uh, yeah, so I've fallen really like behind the pace this year, but there's no way I'll ever be able to duplicate what I did last year, nor would I right. want to. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you have to that, enjoy that's life my, too. yeah, exactly. That's my films. So, um, and that's basically my whole week. So you can go ahead and, and, and finish up on your end. Yeah, I don't have that much more um, since our last podcast. Well, I I posted uh, this week, uh, I watched Moving Violations, which is one of my Kino Lober films, um, by the creators of uh, Police Academy. So I wasn't expecting too, too much out of it. But I'm thinking this is also a film from 85. And not all the Police Academy sequels flooded the market yet. Um, so in Moving Violations, it's about, instead of, police recruits that are kind of zany you know going through police training it's bad drivers that are zany and they're going through uh, a driver's ed course and if they don't graduate by the end of the week then they lose their license and they lose their car why are they losing the car no reason it's just something they added to add to the uh, to the tension of the film um it's actually pretty funny uh good um, yeah, I was actually quite surprised by it. Uh, obviously, I didn't. Uh, I wasn't going to talk about this one because I already posted about it. Uh, but let me just uh, pull up the film here. But it's got uh, Jennifer Tilly, 
So she's playing a ditz and obviously she's a NASA scientist, you know, whatever. Ha ha ha. Um, but John Murray is the lead in this film and you might know him. He's in the movie Scrooged as Bill Murray's brother. Uh, he's the guy who gets the VCR and has the, uh, has the, uh, I guess dinner party during the second ghost, the ghost of uh, Christmas present with Carol okay. Kane. Yeah. Um, funny enough. It's funny, I'm watching this film, and I'm like, this would be perfect for Bill Murray during like his early 80s phase, when he's doing oh. meatballs and all these madcap yeah, exactly. comedies. Well, John Murray is Bill Murray's brother. Oh, no shit. I had, I had no idea. Yeah. Didn't, so, they're actually, they're actually, well, he's got a few brothers. He's got uh, three or four. Oh, wow. Uh, I think three brothers. Uh, but yeah, so I didn't know it was actually his brother, but it is. Um, he's not great in it. I, I think Bill Murray would have been better in this role. But whatever. Um, but the film's got Fred Willard, which is awesome. Um, it's got James Keach, which is Stacy Keach's brother. He's like the bad traffic cop villain of the film. He's okay. awesome in it. Like, I expected very little from this film, and I fucking liked it a lot. Um, I also thought this might have been a bit of a sex comedy, and it's not. So slightly disappointed by the lack of boobs. Yeah. Uh, because 80s boobs <laughs> are probably the best boobs, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I rated this three and a half out of five on uh, Letterboxd. I really, really liked it. Um, it's the one I would revisit because you would think, you know, a film that's 30 plus years old, the humor would kind of like fail a bit. But mm-hmm. this one, even though like there's maybe one or two pop cultural references, um, it really holds up. So I was really impressed by it. Uh, so that's Moving Violations from 1985. Um, apart from awesome. that, uh, yeah, yeah, me and real Melissa. Quick before you oh, move on to that next one, I just, I thought yeah. it was interesting because I went through kind of your, I was stalking your, um, cause you, you hashtag all of them on Letterboxd for your Kino Lorber challenge. And there's yeah. only been one film since you started this that has ranked over three and a half stars. I thought that was fascinating to me because you've watched so many and only one has been above three and a half stars. And that was, um, yeah. Taking a Pelham one, two, three, which is fantastic. It's as good well, as it gets. It's, a, it, but. it's an iconic classic. Like, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's so fucking good. Um, and funny enough, there's one film that I didn't tag Kino Lorber and I have no idea which one it is. So, oh, um, okay. whatever number shows up. Yeah. So I actually have, there's one additional one where my numbers don't match between Letterbox and uh, my Instagram. Oh, gotcha. Um, which now bugs the hell out of me, right? right. I want to find out which one it is. <laughs> um, but like, I'm really enjoying these challenges, but, I haven't bought, like, looking, when I get these Kino Lober sales, mm-hmm. a lot of these movies, I would say a good 90% of these are blind buys, and they're all films I've seen, like, at the video store, but exactly. never watched, because, like, back then, I wouldn't have rented this, but I want to rent it now. So, mm-hmm. some are good, but they don't blow me away. A lot are bad, and I should know better. Um, I feel but, like, like, for me, the ones I want have really good cover art. And or have yeah. a really good synopsis or like a summary of what the movie is. And they sound really good. And that's why I'd want them. That's like the ones I want to see from what you've seen are simply because of that. Sure. And the thing is also with Kino Lubra, when they have their sales, like those are sales. I remember buying Up the Creek and How It to Hell last year off Amazon. And they were $30 a piece Canadian. Ooh, but when Kino Lubra has their sales, they're eight ninety eight US. Yeah. So... I'll buy like a dozen at a time and mm-hmm. some might be clunkers, but they're cheap as fuck, you know? Right. So I don't feel, I, I don't feel ripped off by it, you know? Yeah. 
And that's the thing that's pissing me off. Like, there are some that I want from Scream Factory, but, like, they're not going on sale. Like, the Puff Keepsie, or however the hell you say that, tapes. The Poughkeepsie tapes, yeah. Yeah, that's still, like, $21 on Amazon. And I'm like, I'm not, like, that's too much. Like, I want to try it, but, like, I've heard so many mixed things about it. Like, I'm not paying that much for it. And, like, it's just like, come on, man. Go on sale. Come on. Well, and, and like last year, because it was their five year anniversary, uh, Scream Factory mm-hmm. had a huge sale, which I didn't take advantage of because of like my cash flow problems. Yeah. And, um, this year there's, there's summer, uh, of Scream, summer of fear. It was total garbage. Yeah. It was awful. And I followed them on, on uh, Twitter and they had a uh, sale of Wes Craven films on his birthday. Oh, yeah. And there were five of them and I wanted three. But yep. like two were like a decent price, but mm-hmm. the third one was like only a few dollars off. Like, sure, exactly. it says like retail price thirty three dollars on for twenty two, but nobody buys it for thirty three dollars to begin with. You know, exactly. You can find um, it on Amazon for the sale price any day of the week, and that was the thing because I looked, I think there was one that I needed from that set, and I was like, wait, this is the most expensive one, and I could get that on Amazon for the exact same price. Like, what the fuck? Why would I do that? And for some reason, Amazon's been like having some screw factory sales like on a down low. So, like, all the recent Scream Factory titles I've bought, I bought on Amazon.com for, like, $14 a pop. Wow. So, like, Raising Kane, I got, like, for $14. Um, i have uh, pre-or- pre-ordered. I also bought Ritual. Uh, no, not Rabbit. Pardon me. Cronenberg's Rabbit. It was, like, oh, for okay. 14 bucks. It's, like, it's it's backlogged for, like, two months. But who cares? I locked it in at that right. price. And if it goes out in price... Oh, I might not get a deal, but whatever. It's only $14, so I'll wait, you know? Mm-hmm. And like a lot more man was cheap. Uh, Raising Cane was cheap. Um, and there's a few more I bought recently, but, uh, yeah, they've been 14 bucks. So I'm like, I'm slowly buying these up because, uh, Shout Factory is not selling these at a discounted rate at this time, which is really too bad because there is sell last year. I was envious because I couldn't take advantage of it. And mm-hmm. this year there was fuck all. So yeah. That sucks. But Kilo Lorber, they haven't had a sale since their big sale uh, back in June. So they're due for one probably, I would say, end of the month or September. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, so that's that's my little, uh, I guess, movie rant. Uh, but other movies I've watched, um, I rewatched The Babysitter because Melissa had never seen it before. So uh, we watched that. And to me, it holds up. I, I still love it. She liked it, but didn't like it as much as I did. Okay. Um, I still think it's awesome. Yeah, I um, love that movie so I've much. only seen – oh, yeah, it's so good. Like, Samara Weaving is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I've i only been to the movies once uh, with my cinema card since uh, my last month rolled over. So I've got about 10 days to watch two more flicks. So I plan on watching uh, the new Mission Possible tomorrow before my uh, night shift. Okay. Um, but uh, last weekend, I mean, Melissa went to go see The Spy Who Dumped Me. Oh, okay. With, uh, My sister went to go see that this weekend, past weekend. Yeah, with Mila Kunis and with uh, Kate uh, uh, Kate McKinnon. McKinnon. Yeah, your girl. Uh, it's yeah, it's oh, yeah, I, yeah, she's great, and she made the movie. But at the same time, it was like an extension of her Holtzman character from the Ghostbusters remake that they, that she did. Oh, just not as scientificy, just crazy best friend, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. It's it's two hours long. I thought it was a little too long. Uh, they could have shaved twenty minutes off this film, and it would have been a better film. I thought it was just okay. I didn't I didn't love it, um, but you know, it, it's more of a girls' night out film than you know. Maybe right. it's not. It's I'm not the tar- target demo, mm-hmm. but I thought I loved Spy, and you know, I thought it was mis uh, marketed. Because, like, I watched it on the plane. That's, like, I didn't see it in the theaters. You know, um, 
but I bought it because that plane watch was that good. So uh, I was hoping for more of the same with this film, and it's not that good. So if you want to see a female spy film that's a, that's a comedy, I'd watch Spy with McCarthy over uh, The Spy Who Dumped Me. Okay. Um, apart from that, looking at my uh, letterbox, I watched one more movie. Uh, well, actually, I watched two, but I'll just discuss one right now. Um, on Netflix, it's an original called The Ritual. Um, oh, I guess, yeah, I want to see that. I had that on my list. Yeah, it was released in 2017, but I think it was just released uh, on Netflix in 2018. Yeah, Or at was. least it was made in 2017. Um, I fucking loved it. Oh, good. I, I, I won't spoil it. I thought it was incredible. Um, yeah, it got released on the 9th of February this year. Um, I'm not sure why... It's not getting more buzz, um, but I'm looking on my letterbox and like a lot of my friends really liked it. I, I thought it was fantastic. It's short. It's sweet. Um, it hit all the right spots for me. Um, it's really good. I, I don't want to get into details because you should watch it on your own. Um, and it's available to everybody that's got Netflix. So it's not a, a issue of not being able to watch it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it's really good. I highly recommend it. You won't really recognize any anybody in the the film because it's it's a really small uh crew uh but i i guess the one that i recognize the most uh, he's the main guy uh rafe spall and uh he was one of the uh, cops in hot fuzz which i liked a lot oh, uh, but okay. apparently he's also in the big short which i don't remember um but uh yeah so the ritual i highly recommend and uh apart from that uh that's it movie wise for me is a pretty uh, short uh, movie uh, session because of all the wrestling <laughs> and everything else. Right. Very good. Excellent. All right. So let's move over to our review for this week. We, of course, will be talking about Inside from 2016. Now, of course, there will be spoilers for Inside. Uh, there are probably going to be spoilers for this one and the original. So just keep that in mind um, because you we're not going to be able to talk about one without the other. So if you've not seen these, I definitely recommend you pause the podcast Go check both of these out and then come on back and hit play to hear our thoughts on this one. So Inside saw its uh, – it actually debuted in Spain at a film festival there on October 7th, 2016. Um, and it did not debut in the States until January 12th of this year. So January 12th of 2018 and that was for streaming online that was not in theaters at all. So this one is directed by uh, Miguel Angel Vivas who um, – we actually uh, have talked about previously um, mm-hmm. with uh, Kidnapped during our home invasion arc. And as yes. uh, you were pointing out, Mark, earlier that uh, we really liked that film quite a bit. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? It, it's funny because I think we also watched the original Inside during this arc. Yeah, we did. And yeah. I, I think that was one of our better arcs, like when it exactly. came to films. Like we really saw some really cool flicks during this arc. Yeah, one of my personal favorite arcs, no doubt about it. I, I loved it just because I'm such a huge Home Invasion fan, which, uh, you know, what, two out of the four from this arc are actually uh, sequels or remakes of the Home Invasion arc films. So That's right. Yeah. This one uh, was written by also Miguel Angel Vivas, wrote it, uh, but along with uh, Yami Balaguero and Manu Diaz. And now these might be familiar names to you because – um, Diaz actually wrote Rec 2 and Rec 4 while Yami, uh, directed Rec, Rec 2 and Rec 4. So when I saw this, I was thinking, you know, I was really excited because these are 
all three of these are gentlemen that we spent time with in the past. I wrote a series of you on Rec. I liked all of the series except for Rec 3, which these three didn't have anything to do with. And so, mm-hmm. and we liked Kidnap. So, I mean, I'm, I'm have very good vibes coming into this. And it's a remake of a really well-known French New Wave horror film exactly. that we all liked as well. So yeah. One um, that would be in the Cinefessions Hall of Fame, if not for He Who Shall Not Be Named in this episode. So, we'll just R. leave it at that. Yeah, R.I. <laughs> fucking P. Ash. Oh, my God. He's not dead. I, I can't swear. believe. I can't believe he used this, the selling of his house I know. to skip this podcast tonight. Exactly. That bastard. God damn. We we need to we need to check his intentions right. going forward <laughs> because I I just don't think he's in it. Exactly. His heart is not there. Oh, my house is closing. I'm gonna have to move. Fuck <laughs> off. Podcast <laughs> takes ninety minutes to two hours. Oh man. Ugh. So inside uh, currently has an IMDb score of five point three out of the two thousand three hundred twenty five votes. It has a Metacritic score of thirty six. A 23% tomato meter score and an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes of 30% and currently has 2.02 out of 5 stars on Letterboxd based on 410 ratings. I could find nothing out about the budget or gross and it clocks in at 89 minutes. So, Mark, what is your history with Inside? Uh, Well, you know what? This was the first time I watched the remake uh, because I am a fan of the original, so I was excited for this. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny you didn't see anything writing the gross the film because uh, this film isn't very gross. So, I, which exactly, and what it's a remake of, like that, there's something, <laughs> there's something immediately wrong with this movie, and you I, just be, did it. So, I'll be honest with you. Um, I watched this film. I will, I will keep my thoughts to of, about it uh, for the actual discussion. Yeah. But I watched this film, and then the next night, I watched the remake to make sure I didn't fucking forget something. Ah, um, and I didn't. Yeah. So yeah. W- when we get to it, we'll get to it. Yeah. But uh, I-, I had to cleanse my palate by watching the original to make sure I wasn't insane. Exactly. So how did you watch this one? Do you own it? Uh, no, it was on Netflix Canada. Uh, it was oh, free okay. for me. So how about you? Um, it was on Netflix a while back, but it's not there anymore. And so I oh. ended up, so fortunately I got an email from Voodoo like two weeks ago that was like, Hey, here's a $3 off credit. And I was like, Oh, perfect. So I ended up renting it for 99 cents thanks to my $3 off credit. But yeah, so I, I didn't own it either. So I rented it. And of course, this is the first time I'm seeing the remake. Just like you, like we said, yeah. we both loved the, we both gave the original four stars. Fucking one of the, uh, one, of, one of my favorites, but anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I thought right from the, right from the get go, it was quite a stat to open the film with. 306 cases of infinite abduction in recent years, quote unquote, recent years, whatever that means, in the US alone. 10% happened while the mother was still pregnant, and four out of five of these mothers died. That's, of course, not a direct quote, but that's the gist of what that stat was. And I thought, okay. Yeah, they they open it up with uh, over nine out of 10 uh, mothers didn't survive. I'm like, so 10? (laughs) Like, like, first of all, well, well, there's two things that bug me with that with the quote. First of all, mm-hmm. like over nine out of ten. What what the fuck else can it be than ten? That bugged me. And two, there was no need for this blurb before the movie starts. It pretty much tells you what the film's about mm-hmm. and what this woman's going to do. Like, let's say you never saw the original inside, right? Um, this blurb kind of spoils the film. It's like. 
What's mm-hmm. this creepy lady outside of the house want? Why does she want to talk to Sarah? Right. Oh, she's going to try to take her baby. Why even give that right off the bat? And that's not in the original, right? No. Oh, exactly. fuck no. Exactly. The original starts with the with the with the car crash, and then it's a really gory, with the crazy um, CGI credit, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah with the CGI baby, and then a really gory um, um, uh, title screen. Yeah. Where. It's like, it's really gory. Like, again, watching the remake to then watching the original, yeah. holy fucking shit. It's not the same fucking movie. It's like the gist of the film's the same and the uh, character names are the same and maybe a death is similar. I mean, apart from that, these are two separate films altogether. Um, yeah. But yeah, so right off the bat, the film kind of turned me off because we don't need this, this, uh, this pre, like this, this, this information. Like, let, let these, person sitting down to watch the film progress with the film you know right um, and i feel so, like I'm, I'm giving away a lot of my kind of final thoughts but um, that's okay i'm so i'm going to repeat them at the end so just excuse me for that but it, just like you like i as soon as i was done with this i wanted to go back and watch the original but i don't own it and so like i uh, i must i must have rented it the first time through um, and okay. so I don't own it. So I was like, fuck, like I want to watch that really badly now, but I didn't have it. So I'm glad that you watched it. Cause I do have some, obviously we can, I'm going to compare this to the original cause yes. that's just the way it is. And I well, have questions and I, and so I'm glad you watched it again recently. So you can kind of verify what I was thinking. Dude, I had to watch it again yeah. because <laughs> the way, the way I, I see this now watching these back to back inside 2016 is like pop music Yeah, when inside 2007 is fucking punk rock music. Right. Like. I, I just explain it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I guess we'll uh, we'll slowly go uh, go through this. But whew, right, yeah, I was disappointed. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, we open up with the car crash again, just like the original. Um, but it yep. it, it kind of hits me in a different way now because, like, ever since Bridget got pregnant, that's like literally like one of my nightmares because. My coworker told me this story about how her friend who was pregnant she got into this light like fender bender. Okay. And she ended up losing the baby. And so like, I've just, whenever Bridget's like driving out to her, like her sisters, which is like a 45 minute drive, like I'm always freaked out just because of that stupid story. And so like this, it it hit me in a different way this time, but that's just for for obvious reasons. But um, I do think this is a, um, a solid, a solid car crash. Like the, um, the, the, the actual crash itself looks, looks pretty damn good. Then you know what you do to alleviate your situation? Yeah. What's that? Either, either you lock her in a fucking kitchen, <laughs> or you lock her in a fucking bedroom. Oh man! And that way, this won't happen. Exactly. Keep God. her in a kitchen, you or it. keep her in a bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! That's too funny. Uh, I'm just kidding, obviously. Obviously, yes, I know. Kind, kind of, kind of not. I'm not. I'm not kidding. Keep her in a kitchen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! As our listenership dips, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, oh man! Just jokes, folks. Just jokes. So, okay. Obviously, okay. Th- let me get like the doctor scene, and I wish I didn't remember how long after the accident this scene with the doctor was. Right and away. I, it, it, was it? Yes. Now. Okay. okay. So difference in the film. Okay. Mm-hmm. So our our uh, our um, Sarah in this film, Rachel Nichols. Beautiful girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might know her as, I think it was Scarlet from G.I. Joe. That's oh, how okay. I recognized her. Okay. Um, she has no scratches on her, right? Her right. car accident, husband-to-be, boyfriend, whatever, is dead. Yeah. She has, I guess, hearing loss. 
mm-hmm. but she's got no scratches. That's- French Sarah, yeah, she's scarred to shit. They're healing, mm-hmm. but her face is all carved up. Yeah. So and, right and off the bat, the- I'm like, I, I'm just, you know, like she was pretty pregnant. You know, exactly. like the baby was kicking, right? Yeah. So I would say, when is that? Is that first end of first trimester? Or is that no? She was middle second trimester. Uh, it can be like Bridget. We started feeling Bridget like uh, kind of mid to late second trimester. Okay, so mid mid to late, right? So mm-hmm. that so at the most, this accident is three months as as early as three months away or pr- prior to like. You know, because she's giving birth the next day. Well, she's she's in her third trimester, and according to the the synopsis here on IMDb, it says a woman in her third trimester. Yeah. So. Okay. So in the, in that case, so she comes out. So I guess again, two months, three months, whatever. She's got no scars. No only thing that shows that she got hurt was like her perforated eardrum mm-hmm. because she's got this uh, this um, a hearing aid now. And that's not in the original, is it? No, it's not. Okay. And that, that threw me off so much. I thought like, at first I thought she was just being rude, turning up her headphones to, because the I driver so was too. talking. Yeah. And then uh, I realized like 20 minutes later, it's like, oh no, that's, that's a hearing aid. And I didn't, I didn't even like connect that it was from the accident, but I mean, it makes sense, but it's just like, it seems so fucking random to me. And it just felt like a cheap way to add tension, but it didn't work for me. No. And plus, she seems still kind of, she's not depressed like the other right. Sarah was, you exactly. know, uh, but she's still kind of happy-go-lucky, mm-hmm. which I guess you have to make the best of your situation. Right, right. But your the father of your child is dead, mm-hmm. and I, I find she's not, like, she, she we all grieve in our own ways, right? Yeah, but I, I just didn't feel it was as severe as the French version was. Right. But then again, the French version, as we'll come across back and forth again tonight, is pretty extreme. Exactly. (laughs) That's why I got released on Dimension Extremes later. (laughs) Right. Um, But I I just found she kind of got out of there unscathed. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And and another change I thought was interesting, um, and actually I I liked this just because uh, probably of my background – um, in the original, we hit this, it's like a, this almost looks like a condo in what feels like a big city. Whereas here it's like this, just the definition of like suburbia in yeah. this, in this, in this new, uh, suburban, um, neighborhood that's like just being built up. And so I thought this would make for something even creepier because that's what I'm used to. You know what I mean? That's where I'm from. And so I thought that would be sure. even creepier for me, but it just they didn't do anything with it at all no well i i again in the french one you know uh riots are happening so that's why the neighborhood is pretty deserted oh okay in, in this one you know it's a new development in chicago yeah so that's why again houses are being you know they're half built mm-hmm. uh you know it, it's sparsely uh it's sparsely lived in just right. because people are slowly getting into this neighborhood so so this is a way too to keep her kind of segregated from everything else mm-hmm. because it is she's in the middle of nowhere in a way. Right, right. And, and, and that's why also the taxi driver made that comment about Sunset Grove or whatever it's called, you know. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. So I, again, I, I find the French one. There's a more of a sense of urgency mm-hmm. just because they are, they are in the midst of riots. Right. And I, I totally enough, forgot about that, but yeah. You know, and odd enough in Chicago, it's not. 
And then, like, in the news this weekend, you know, there's, know, like, 63 shootings in Chicago. Nuts. Yeah, exactly. So, so they could have used a similar situation. Because, like, Chicago, as much as I would love to go to Chicago, like, it's mm-hmm. – I want a deep dish pizza in Chicago. <laughs> I would love to see a Blackhawks game. I want to go to the Pro Wrestling Tea Store. I want to go see the Cubbies and the White Sox. I would love to do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um But Chicago is also also really well known, and they've been known for years – for a lot of shootings, Crying, like right? I don't know, how, I don't know how the cops keep up with it. Six to three shootings—that's ridiculous. You yeah, know, that's insane. Um, and it's like Chicago's nice to live in, but there's some areas you just don't go out at night. You know? Yeah, yeah. My um, buddy so, moved there a couple years ago, and he lives in uh, a nicer area. He's kind of in north northern air part of of the city, and most okay. of this, from my understanding, of it happens more in the south part of the city. Yeah, um, yeah. And but it's just like two different worlds when you're going from north to south. It's crazy. It is, and, and and that's you know I I'm curious about kind of that kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. I want to see like where's the divide? Like right. how how does it like is it a gradual thing or is it like you know one block no. is good, then next block boom, it's so yeah. bad, you know? Exactly. So, I mean, that's really I, I'm just what it is. Yeah. that that to me that stuff I find that's that social economical stuff really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but they could have used that in this film, Absolutely. and they didn't, you know, which is right. you know, I, I it's too bad. It's really too bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just it felt like a they built this set and they're going to film yeah. this movie on it, which I, of course, I don't know if that's what happened. But I mean, that's what it felt like. It just didn't feel yeah. real. It didn't feel lived in, you know. Well, so. was this film uh, filmed in uh, in Spain or was it actually done in English or in uh, in the in the U.S.? Um, I think so. It lists for countries. It lists like Spain, U.K., U.S.A. and France. But let me see if there's. um. I, I'm assuming it is uh, Spanish because even the cops seemed uh, Spanish. more of Spanish yes. descent, you know. Absolutely. Um, but uh, which is again surprising. Like again, why do an English remake of this film? I don't know. Right. But uh, but yeah. So again, I I just think like they could have used uh, the the like of all cities they use is Chicago. Mm-hmm. They could have used you know just the high crime rate in right. some neighborhoods as a backdrop. Like they did on the French version with uh, the kids rioting in France, so mm-hmm. it's a it's a to me it's a missed opportunity, right? Which yeah, a good summation of the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> As I take a uh, sip of beer, <laughs> right? There there was something about Isaac though. I liked him right from the get go. I don't I don't know what it was, but I just liked his character. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm gonna like you, Isaac. I you're you're a good guy. Isaac, and so when, I didn't think which. Basically, the only, only. Other oh, the, the neighbor. Car- yeah, the the neighbor. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, I liked him. Um, and I thought that was a really thoughtful gift idea, giving him the picture that her late husband or whatever took of yeah. of him and his and his partner. I thought that was a really thoughtful gift idea. So I really liked that. Um, yeah. But completely unrelated to really anything of importance in the movie, but just a random side thought. Yeah, I kind of again harping back to the to the original. Mm-hmm. I kind of prefer having um, Sarah's boss be that other person instead of a neighbor. Okay, um, just because it it doesn't feel as intimate. Because right. inside is not about intimacy. No, you know, because like even like Sarah does not want her child anymore. Right. You know, or because they'll keep reminding her of uh, her her late husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and this one's 
and just having like the neighbor, you know, they're friendly. It, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I kind of preferred the, you know, oh, he's my boss, mom. Then, you know, he's my neighbor. It just right. seemed, you know, just a little more detached, which exactly. I kind of like. It makes her feel like her best friend right now is her boss. So how yeah. alone is she? It, yeah, exactly Sarah, right. This Sarah still has like a support system in place, you know, mm-hmm. because when she mentions how she wants to sell the house, you know, um, he, uh, Isaac is like, you know, oh, don't, you know, me and, you know, my boyfriend will, will help you. And, you know, you know what I mean? So I, it, it uh, kind of felt like a family when really she's, she should be all alone, except for a mother that's estranged. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, so. She goes out to the mailbox and puts the keys in the mailbox. Um, and you see this random flash of light. Yes. Um, and, you know, at first I thought I, I kind of liked it because I thought it was really simple and kind of creepy. But then as it's going on, I'm like, oh, well, this is I, I don't I don't like it kind of when you find out what happens. And I just thought it was because it's so ob- it makes the ending so obvious. Well, it, it's like they're spood feeding you the plot. Right. As you go along. So in, instead of surmising like, oh, it was me all along, ha ha, you know, right. it's like they're, they're really like putting breadcrumbs, but really big fucking loaves of bread instead. <laughs> yeah. You right. know, uh, it's it's almost like they think we're dumb mm-hmm. and we won't be able to get the gist of it mm-hmm. because like the director lingers on that mailbox a little yeah. too long. Like I get, oh, I she put the keys for her mom. There's a flash. I know how the ladies are going to get in. You exactly. Know? But and, it, it, it just seems like it's 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 given to you too freely. I don't know. Right. And and they come back to it again. Like they have they, they yeah. stay on a long time and then they come back to it again later. I think it's after she knocks on the door for the first time. So it's like obviously we know what the fuck's happening here. Now I don't remember in the original we yes. I don't remember ever knowing how she got in. Uh you're correct on that. Yeah, and that makes it so much fucking better. Like that makes it just creepy as fuck because I don't know how this chick got in and all of a sudden she's just showing up. Like that is so well, much stronger to me than yeah. oh she left the keys in the mailbox okay that's that makes sense like no that's stupid. Well, part of the fun of the film mm-hmm. is that there's a bit of cat and mouse game. Yeah, like, after she answers the answers the door, exactly. you know, let me in my car. You know, like in, in this film, she leaves, the cops yep. come, and that's it. Boom! Right, it's a, they completely blow out part. Arguably, my well, one of my favorite parts of the original is that. Cat and Mouse and like the creepiness of her like showing up in the pictures and shit in the original and like um, and even just that scene in the window yes and then I think how do you not put that in this like that's some of the best shit I know so I was pretty bummed out that it was just like come to the door fuck you I'm calling the cops right and then that's it Mm -hmm. and then next thing you know she's inside the house well the first film tension slowly rose Crazy person at the door. Mm-hmm. She's alone. Has that really shitty nightmare. She's barping up the the, the milk, and then the baby comes out of her mouth. Mm, that's right. A- and then, and then you know, again, Beatrice Daly, which I think she's fucking amazingly hot and punk and fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, she she's at like that that window and is just staring at her. Right. And Sarah takes a picture and she lets her take the picture. Yeah. And then like smashes uh, the smashes the window and it starts cracking where her face is. I'm like, fuck. I'm thinking about it right now. I'm getting goosebumps. Like, <laughs> it, there's such a, a it's such a nicer crescendo to the mayhem that's going to happen than than mm-hmm. this here. 
Yeah. And that, like, it's just, it does. The original, uh, like you're saying, like a a good question, like it, it it builds so much better and and it's more subtle. It's, it's more impactful because of it so much better than, than this, this remake try to, tries to force on us. But, um, was the dog's name Excalibur? I have no clue. I, okay. I couldn't tell you. I in, think I heard in, it. In the, in the French film, it's a cat. It's a cat. Yeah. And you actually like, yeah. that's one of the more fucked up and memorable things of the original because you see that cat on screen, right? Like, uh, well, at, at that point in the film, that cat comes up to the, so I, when the cat dies, She's mm-hmm. already in the bathroom. Uh, the other girls, right. are, I guess the, the woman is outside. Um, I don't recall if she's already killed some people or not, mm-hmm. but the cat comes up to her. She strokes the cat and then just crushes its skull. Steps Obviously, yeah. uh, no, it's not. No, she crushes it. Like she's, she's holding the head and just cr- like crushes okay. the skull. But now you don't see the skull crush because it's just from like right under the frame. Oh, but okay. you hear it you and hear you see it, yeah. like you see and you see like the the, the hand just compress you know mm. um in, awesome. in 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 this version she's got the dog you hear the dog yelp and then that's the last you hear about the dog yeah exactly it's like a, yeah uh, which like i don't need to see the dog die but like no just, no like there's so much more you can do especially when you're when you're copying a fucking movie that does it infinitely better it's like at well, least if you're gonna again, steal at least steal the best parts like you're 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 remaking a French new wave horror film. Yeah, and I find uh, that's my final thoughts. I'll talk about that later. <laughs> but um, it's just you're, you're like so far in the film, you are not you're not keeping up. The pace mm-hmm. is is you're you're falling behind in the pack here. Right now, in the original, when she comes to the door, does she yes. spell out that? Um, like no, your husband's okay. That's what I thought. No, well, well, well you know, she goes like, you know, why are you lying to me, Sarah? Yes. Uh, you know, uh, why are you lying? Your 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 father's dead, uh, or probably your your uh, your husband's dead. Um, oh, okay. So she does say that. Okay. But it's not like you should know who I am, Sarah. You should know what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, no. How the fuck am I supposed to know what you want? I right. I haven't seen you yet. But so that that's something else. Because of that blurb before the film starts, right? Um, we know what she wants, which again is unfortunate. You know, it could just be like a home invasion film, and then the surprise is I want your baby, right? But that's already spoiled before the film starts. Um, so right off the bat, the woman and this, the woman in, in the remake, it's played by Laura Herring, mm-hmm. and the way I knew her, looking back at her IMDb. Is that she plays John Travolta's wife in the original Punisher remake, uh, with, uh, with oh, Thomas Jane. Oh, okay. So, so that's how I know her. Apparently she was in Mulholland Drive. I have not seen that yet. So yeah. I know her from the Punisher. Um, and that's from 2004, I believe. But, uh, yeah, I, I just, I just her saying, you know, like, you know what I want, you know who I am. I don't see how Sarah would know. Right. We haven't seen her face yet. So uh, that was kind of silly for me. Yeah, the whole thing just felt again just so on the nose where it it didn't feel that way in the original and that was just disappointing to me. Yeah. But um one part that I thought was um I thought was actually a good moment of tension building because I, I was expecting a jump scare was when Sarah's like staring out the the window 
before she closes that last set of blinds. Like I was just waiting for something to happen. And so my heart started sure. pounding there and I, but it didn't. And so I thought that was a, like a, a well done moment of tension by the director. Sure. Because, but. you know, when you expect it and it doesn't happen, that's kind of nice. So exactly. yeah, he does get kudos for that. Yeah. Um, and like, so the cops. Yes. The cops come. And like, all I could say, like, if that happened to me, I would be like, here, take, take me for the night. Like I'm going somewhere other than this house by myself. When I had a woman who I've never met before pound at my door and, you know, begging me to let in and saying, knowing that my husband is dead, like I'm, I would be getting the fuck out of there. Like, yeah, like she has options. Like there's hotels, like go somewhere else. I just Mm -hmm. seems like. I don't. I well, don't know. Well, and, and that's another thing. Like again, this film doesn't feel as nihilistic mm-hmm. as the original. Like in the original, she had nobody. In this right. film, she's got her neighbors that she could have gone to for exactly. supper. Exactly. Yeah. And decides not to. You know. Um. So again, we know what's going to happen because mm-hmm. of the blur, but she doesn't know yet. Right. Um. But e- even just leaving the keys in in the mailbox. Was there really a reason for that? You know, yeah. like, doesn't, can't she just like open the door when her mom shows up? And that's the other thing. I, so I missed, I guess I just missed the dialogue that was saying that her mom was coming and that's why she okay. put the keys there. I was trying to figure out why she even put the keys there. I didn't, I, I was trying to I, figure I think out she was how on that was going She was on the phone with her mom, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just and, might have been and, typing and, or something, but yeah. And again, she, like, she has a, a good relationship with her mom. Mm-hmm. Unlike uh, the Sarah from the French version, where right. they're not really on speaking terms, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I just find. So w- w- what sucks mm-hmm. about about this film? Uh, because at least when the cops show up, you know, no descriptor of the lady because we have no pictures in the first in the first film. She's a photographer. Right. She, you know, she's got that camera. She takes pictures. Mm-hmm. In this film, we're not sure what she does. But she does have a similar camera, yeah. But doesn't exactly. use it. But at the same time, she can't use it because there's no cat and mouse. Mm-hmm. So the cops are like, "Whatever, she's gone." At least in the first film, there is some proof that somebody was there, right? But they can't do anything with it because it's it needs to be like you know digitized or cleaned up. Yeah, you know? that's right. Yeah. Hmm. So, so the lady she goes to sleep. The lady gets in. And like she uses that oxycontin, and like she passes out quick to that shit. Like she takes like three breaths and she's gone. Yeah. And then there's this whole scene of her like tying her up and doing shit like that. And I'm just like, I was so unmoved by this whole thing. Like I didn't mm-hmm. feel any tension. I w- I didn't feel any anxiety. It just all was kind of happening. And okay, just nothingness to it. So this film, right? Mm-hmm. This woman comes in. She looks like a midwife. Yeah. She's got her bag of tools. Yep. So for those who saw the first film, know what's going to happen. It, but it never does. So she she gets knocked out with the, with the drug, right? Mm-hmm. And then this lady sets up an IV drip, right. which has a drug that's going to, you know, like uh, stimulate the... Um, I guess uh, the, the the birth. I guess it, it starts contractions or some shit. Right, where the yeah. baby says like, "Okay, I got to push now," you know, yeah. or "I gotta," you know, "I gotta go." Mm-hmm. So she ties she ties up one arm. She sets up an IV, and then there's a little bit of an extended scene where she's washing her hands. So yeah. this lady is taking her time, almost like she's going to enjoy herself. Mm-hmm. 
in the original, uh, Sarah's passed out in the bed. Next thing you know, the woman comes in the room, teases the audience with a pair of scissors, mm-hmm. and then stabs the scissors in her navel. Yeah. So right off the bat, she wakes up in bloody terror, screaming, because right. she's been stabbed. You see a CGI picture uh, image of the baby going like, what the fuck? <laughs> because scissors have punctured the navel and she's already bleeding from the belly. In this one, she has time to wash her hands, blah, blah, blah. Everything is good. Which gives the blonde Sarah uh, time to wake up, which if she's being like drugged, I'm su- uh, you know, like she, mm-hmm. she got that shit. I'm surprised she woke up that quick. Right. And then figures out, you know, hey, hey, I'm tied to the to the uh, to the room yeah. or to the to the bed. What the fuck is going on? And then with minimal blood loss, uh, minus like a needle still in her arm from the IV, is able to escape fr- uh, to the uh, to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the French version, she's bleeding from the stomach, and she was also slashed with the scissors in her face. Oh so man, yeah, she's a bloody mess in this film. And this is one of my biggest peeves of this film. Again, remaking a French New Wave horror movie is that this blonde Sarah barely gets bloody it's compared to French Sarah. It's way too clean. It's way too PG. Yeah. It really is. See, and that's, that's what kills me. So, like, I didn't have the luxury of going back to the original, but I went back to my notes for the original. One thing I wrote down that I loved about the original is that it it I was complaining at first that I was like, man, it doesn't even seem like she has a plan. But then I realized as it went on, no, she doesn't have a plan. She has a goal. And that's to get the baby out. In this yeah. one, she has a plan. And that is just so much fucking worse. Like, well, it's so much better when she just has this goal of this is how it's going to be done. And I, I'm just going to do it. Like, it's going to happen. And I don't, I haven't studied her, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is my goal. And this is, it's going to just going to happen. Well, the woman in the first film is batshit insane. Exactly. And that's the woman so in this about. one is 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 she's calm. She's too calm. Yeah, she uh, even she's sacrifice. We're skipping to the end. She even sacrifices herself at the end of the movie. I'm like, no, fuck you, fuck everything. Like this is no, no. Listen, the the film is called Inside, not yeah. just because the baby's inside of me, but I am trapped inside my house. Exactly. And 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 just a fact. <laughs> That in this Ugh. fucking movie, she God. escapes the house. Yeah, gets into a. Uh, I'm going ahead here, but I like know. this bullshit. F- oh end my God, it was is so fucking garbage. Stupid. Yeah, it was horrible. Oh. It was truly but, horrible ending. But we'll get to that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no. Um, th- this lady here, I didn't feel any insanity whatsoever. Exactly. Like, she was gonna ind- like if Sarah went to woken up. I'm thinking uh, this woman would have C-sectioned the baby out of her while yeah. she's knocked out. Exactly. And that would have been it. Like, Yeah. And, and, that's and why not I re- cut her belly open with a pair of scissors. Right. Exactly. And that that's what I was thinking. I'm almost like, just stay seated. Like, you're, you're not going to die. Like, just let her take the baby and go because that's all she wants. Like, that's it. She's just going to take the – like you said, she's just going to perform a C-section and move on. Like – that's it. And, and then get the cops I'm, involved. Like I was so bummed out that there was no ace of bass in the soundtrack. Like <laughs> so bummed out. Oh man. Oh, goodness gracious. But speaking of soundtracks, like this yeah. film was so forgettable. I don't yeah. recall any fucking musical cues or anything. Literally not one. Um, no. The French one, very noticeable. It's mm-hmm. jarring. 
it yeah. makes you uneasy. It's not a nice soundtrack. Like, let's say this got released on vinyl. Yeah. I why would I want to buy it when I can just you know drag my fingers on a chalkboard? It's the same effect, right. you know. Because <laughs> um, exactly. that film makes you uncomfortable, and I appreciate Inside two thousand seven so much more mm-hmm. after seeing uh, the twenty sixteen version because that's how like, that film is perfect. Yeah, and this film is not. But yeah. uh, again, I'm jumping. I'm jumping to my final thoughts here. No, but no, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I just found like the whole, she opens this medical, either she had a briefcase or a medical bag, but like right. all the items are in foam and properly placed. And like, so I don't know if she was in a medical field that was never really explained yeah. why she had all this equipment, but, um, I, I didn't feel a sense of danger as much as I did with the French version of this film. Not at all. And even like, so after she gets in the bathroom, first off, she finally gets the strongest piece of bandage ever created off of her wrist. <laughs> and then yeah. like the whole, I, like I remember the, the, the bathroom scene in the original being so tense, being so crazy, being so violent, being so, yes. Oh my God, this one was just so fucking dumb and boring. Like it's just so neutered compared to what the original had here. And like, then eventually like at, toward the end, she just walks out of the bathroom like yeah. she's not even like looking around to see if she's there. She just knows she's not there somehow and just walks out. Just like you saying, like there's just not that there's not that um uh that feeling of something bad can happen at any second. Urgency. That doesn't exist. There's no urgency. No sense of urgency. And, Thank you. Yeah, that's a, that's the term and, I was looking for. Like and neutered uh, is a very really good word to uh to explain this yeah. scene. Um because again, in the French version, bleeding from the belly Bleeding pretty good from the face. She's got a pretty nasty deep scar right. uh, a- across one corner of her mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she smashes the uh, the uh, mirror mm-hmm. and clut- clutches a shard yeah. uh, with with her life. And she's bleeding from the hands now because right. she's holding I, – I, again, I tried to rewatch this before we recorded tonight mm-hmm. and we just started recording early. Yeah. Um, so I can't recall – if even her hands bled holding her shard of, no, of, uh, of mirror. Not that I recall. But, uh, no. The French one, the French one, again, she's wearing white and there was barely any white left yeah. by the time, you know, she got rescued by the police officers. It doesn't make sense, man. Wreck, the Wreck series is so fucking bloody. I don't, I like they, I just don't know why they didn't make this one bloodier. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, no, I, w- I was surprised by the lack of gore in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, now there are, you know, there are some cool, there is at least a cool death scene. And that's when her mom. Yeah. Shows up. Now, of course, at, at this point, this follows the plot of the, of the French film where, uh, Sarah's in the bathroom, uh, doorbell rings. Mm-hmm. Um, in the French version, it's her boss. In this version, it's her neighbor. And then her mom comes and it's like, what the fuck? And that's where shit kind of goes crazy again. Yeah. Um, when, when her real mom, because she knows now the woman is pretending that she's the mom to the neighbor. Right. When her real mom shows up and she charges up the stairs and then Sarah decides to open the door and attack whoever's in the house and slices her mom's throat with the, uh, with the, sh- with the, with the mirror. Mm-hmm. That, that, that was heartbreaking. It really was. Yeah. Um, it, it's heartbreaking in the first film. It's heartbreaking again in this film. Mm-hmm. And I find myself as a movie viewer, anything involving uh, parents 
Mm. I feel it's affecting me more now because I don't live nearby to my folks anymore. Because, oh, gotcha. Because I'm on Ottawa and they're all in Winnipeg. Yeah. Um, so I, I find when it comes to like, you know, a uh, mother dying or something, I'm more, a little more sentimental and emotional. Mm. So I'm not saying I fought back tears mm-hmm. when the, uh, when the mom uh, was killed, but I got really sad. Like, yeah. Again, mom did nothing. This mom has a good relationship with Sarah. Right. And, you know, and she like slices her throat. In the in the French film, it's a sewing needle in the throat. Oh, okay. uh, but in this yeah, version, it's right. a it's a piece of of a mirror in the throat. Right. Um slicing her throat and then there's blood. Now, the blood in the French version is fucking comical. Like arterial spray <laughs> yes. of the wazoo. That's right. It's fucking awesome. Honestly, oh, yeah. if you don't own this film, uh, either buy it or rent it again just to fucking get the the difference in nuances. Exactly. I know. I need but to get this one. It, it, it's ridiculous. Um, and in this one, bloody and touching, um, but nowhere near the the access or the excess of the uh, of the 2007 version. Right. The one the the death that got me was so obviously she like paralyzes Isaac, and then I don't know what it was, but just. Her blocking off his breathing while he's paralyzed and then showing him Brian calling on the phone. That was just like, it made me sick to my stomach for some reason. It was just genuinely unsettling and hard to watch. That one got me. That's, that seems to be the only scene that I can recall or mm-hmm. moment where it shows the woman is a little nuts. Yeah. Again, not to the extent of the French version, because right. like in the French one, uh, the, uh, okay, so mother dies by the hands of Sarah. Mm-hmm. And then the boss, he gets stabbed in the knees. So like he, like his tendons get cut. Mm-hmm. And then the woman shoots him in the dick. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and oh, then stabs man. him in the face, but then puts a, because he's still alive, puts a pillow in front of his face and then starts stabbing the fuck out of his face through the pillow. So the pillow just oh, goes red. So great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's fucking harsh too. <laughs> right. Yeah. Man. Again, point to 2007. Yeah. I have to give them a point for that. Yeah. Man, oh man. I liked the, uh, they use that, the, they use the famous Jaws push pull shot. Um, when, uh, the woman after she kills, uh, Isaac and she like turns her head and looks at Sarah and they do that push pull. Um, yes, which gives you that weird effect, which is which was a cool shot, and then she goes right back into the goddamn bathroom. So, okay, here we go, back into the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Which again, in the original, was totally fine because it was exciting in the bathroom. Here, it's just like, oh, okay. So now we gotta get out of the damn bathroom again. But. Yeah, and that's the thing. I, I I'm like watching the 2016 version. I'm mm-hmm. like, fuck, she's in the bathroom a lot. Is she that much in the bathroom in the 07? Yeah. Um. Yeah, she is. Yeah. But at least in this one. She- like shit happens, right? Exactly. You know, in the 2016 version, um, again, it's the bathroom's so clean. Yeah. You know, she's got some blood spatter on her nighty because of her mom, right? And a little blood in her on her face, mm-hmm. but to no extent of the French Sarah, where she's like, she's practically like her her skin is red. Yeah. Like she's red. She's wet. Mm-hmm. You know, with like baby stuff and just like vomit and bile and blood and tears and sweat and drool like she's gross you know yeah and i think really where the the film kind of just lost me and if you look at the the inside uh, the poster for the original inside 
that's yeah. what she looks like. Just red, <laughs> completely yes. red, covered in blood. But anyway, um, where it kind of like flew off the handle for me and I was just like, what? Like I, you lost me completely. Like you're not going to win me back now was when all of a sudden we see her show up, the killer show up next door, finding Brian to kill Brian. I'm just like, what? <laughs> what the fuck just happened here? Like I just, to me, it was just completely nonsensical. Like it didn't. I couldn't figure out what the fuck, like how she would have come to that conclusion. Like I, the whole thing was just so fucking stupid, and that's when it really just lost me, and it wasn't winning me back after that. Yeah, it was just a just because killing, because I guess Brian was seeing her through the window. Yeah, and you know, and I guess you know they couldn't get their messages across. Right. Yeah, but like the killer didn't know that. Like she put the the thing there to block her in before yeah. she even went before she even busted the window to start yelling for Brian, like before she even saw him. So like, I don't know, that whole thing just pissed me off. Well, what, what I didn't get, because we, we find out later on in the film that this woman has been like, either she's squatting or owns a house across the street. Yeah, who knows? So but yes, one of so the two. She's done her recon. Yeah. Um, but people are still working on that house. Mm-hmm. So have they not been in that room to see all those fake I know. pictures? Like, it doesn't or, make any sense. So that made no sense to me. Um, it really made no sense. And, and something else didn't make no sense to me mm-hmm. is when the cops come back. Oh, my God. Uh, so, rookie female, older, fatter male. Yeah. Um, why would she stay in the car? I don't – like, that whole – oh, my God. Like, just the incompetence of that police force was dumbfounding to me. That pissed me off so much. Yes. Clearly, yeah, he that, comes that, back, knows that mm-hmm. something's up. And then goes, why it make, like you just said, it makes no fucking sense at all that she would stay in the car when you know something is wrong. And then when he gets to the door, like he, he knows that the, or, uh, he doesn't play it cool at all. He's just like acting like a jackass. And of course that gets him killed. And then the, 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 the rookie comes up. And it's like she holds the gun. She knows because she's the one that mentioned it. She knows that the homeowner is a pregnant woman and she's holding the gun at her. The pregnant woman tells her that something is fucked up, that there's a woman upstairs. And so what do you do? You lead her at gunpoint upstairs. Like I, I was so angry typing at this point. Like I, and I'm like, I want to scream right now because I'm just so annoyed (laughs) at the, let let it out. Let it out. Ridiculous, man. What? And some, something else, you know, there's another woman in my house. So I'm going to run back upstairs. Exactly. Run outside with the cop and then go fuck off to the right. nearest precinct. Uh. You know? Um, so, so, so that bugged me. And like, at least in the French film, you had three cops and you had the, the perp, the, the young guy, right? Mm-hmm. So two cops go in the house, both get killed. Then the guy with the perp go in the house. So they're still always together. Yeah. Even though the other guy, obviously the perp doesn't want to be there. Um, that's but right, just, I totally forgot that, about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess in a way, that's also a way to increase the body count because again, right. these cops get killed in a nice gory fashion, you know, mm-hmm. gunshots to the head, um, sewing needles to the face, like right. uh, I guess in the eye. So it's solid. Like I'm cheering. Um, but in this one here, the cops are just dumb. So now the cop car stays there. And and this is where I I really like, I'm not enjoying this film and I'm starting no. to look at my phone as I'm watching. Yeah. But as soon as she leaves the house, this is where I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? Yeah, that, oh, you know, yeah. like in, in, the, in the original film, 
it's all in the house. It's and it's a fight between the two ladies. Mm-hmm. Now in in the 2016 version, she escapes the house, gets into a cop car, gets the cops on a radio. Yeah. But then did she speed away or did she run to the other house? No. So then she the she, she speeds away. Well, the the lady comes out and yes. shatters the window, which that's not how a fucking car window shatters, especially no. a fucking cop car window. Like that pissed me off so fucking much. Yeah, and then they speed away together and they hit that pole. Yeah, and it didn't look like a very big pole. I no. know it was like a lighting structure, but yeah. so so then one's knocked out. So then she runs to another house, the empty yeah. house, discovers all the shit that this woman has done, all the recon on her. Right. And then then it's another oh, here's her cat and mouse game. And now it's like a it's like a um uh, uh, not a stalker film, a slasher film, right? Where they're now chasing each other around this new house. Yeah, they even have the before that. Speaking of, they even have like the scream moment, and I think it's in Scream Two where, uh, like Sydney has to go over Ghostface Killer to get out of the car. They do that in mm-hmm. this movie, so mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's totally slasher film at this point, which is is not what this movie should be at all. No, at all. And then it just gets better and better. Yeah, but yeah, that that's a that's a way to describe it. Yeah, like yeah. Just, oh my god, yeah. So and then so okay, go ahead. There's, go I ahead. Like there's so much to to like be mad about. <laughs> like I know I'm going to talk about this one, but you can backtrack if go back to something else you want. But at one point, she decides to heat up oil on the on the stove when they're in the kitchen, and she has the the killer is literally inches from her. She has a knife in her hand, so instead of slashing her throat. She decides to hand her the knife and then grab the oil and throw it at her face. I'm like, what? How is that the better plan than slashing her fucking throat when she's two inches from your fucking hand? Oh my god, that pissed me off. And is this bef- so much? This more. is before the car chase scene, right? No, that's after the car chase scene. Is, is that after? And, yeah. and that's in her house. That's in her, that's in the, the squatter in, house, right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And then, but like, yeah. she sees the cops at her house. And yes. she doesn't break a fucking window to start screaming for him. She pounds on the window, which they can't hear. Like, and break a window. Some window. Some windows are plastic. Exactly. Like, it's just that plastic sheeting. Like, just break the plastic and get yeah. out of the house. Oh god, that was silly. Then when she but, gets but, out, okay. okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say. So in this film, it's that boiling oil. Yeah. In, in the fucking punk rock awesome version of this film, it's uh, a lighter and. Uh, Oh, uh, it's a lighter right. and the uh, – I don't know if it's a can of off or something or was it the oven that was on? I think but it, pretty, I like no. it the oven. It, it was, I think it was some spray thing, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's like some cooking spray, but that with a lighter burns half the woman's face off. Yeah, fucking amazing. Like, and, and just the makeup after the fact, it makes you look like Brundle Fly, which is awesome. Right. You know? Oh. But not in this version. Yeah, she has like half of her face has a little makeup on it now. Yeah. After the hot oil. Oh my God. So what happens after she escapes the house? So instead of running to the front of the house immediately to get to the cops, and maybe she was just going the way she could, I don't know, but it did look like she was in any rush to get wherever she was going. So then they walk on the world's strong, they go from the world's strongest bandaid, bandage to the world's strongest <laughs> plastic tarp over a pool, and they start going across that. And then, like, that's when they spell out that, yes, this is the woman who was in the other car, which obviously is from the original as well. Um, yeah. Uh, but, like, that whole thing was just so ridiculous to me. And 
then she stabs open the the pool tarp so that they fall in there. Yeah. And then like I already mentioned, like the idea that this woman would then sacrifice herself, like what's the motivation for that? Because she said that Isabella was a shit name? Like, is that the motivation? Like, I, I just, I don't understand where the fucking motivation comes for her to, to sacrifice herself. Okay, yeah, she may be trying to save the baby, but that's, no, no. Like, that's yeah. not, she's, it, no. God. I, 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 I just, I, my jaw dropped because I couldn't believe the sequence. Yeah. So they're on the tarp. They slice the tarp open. So it's kind of like, you know, uh, a, a scene where you're on thin ice and you're going to break through the ice exactly. into the icy depths. And then they have a tussle underwater. Yep. They both have really good lung uh, support yeah. even after everything they've gone through. Yeah, absolutely. Because again, very very little blood and gore in this film. <laughs> right. And uh, eventually, the woman slices another hole to save Sarah and the baby, and she dies underwater. So it's a fucking happy ending. <sighs> and if oh, the slow motion was, at the end there that really just drove I home was, the point. I was so mad inside <laughs> with a happy ending. It's like what so the you fuck? will not see a scene on the stairs with oh scissors. Oh my god! Yeah, you will not see the woman burnt up, cradling the baby, winning. Mm-hmm. We're getting a fucking happy ending where Sarah survives and has her kid. Ugh. Oh my god! Fuck this movie. Yeah, I was so upset. Yeah, exactly. I, like in the original, like if you look, even if you look at, at the original poster, Sarah's bloody. The woman's above her. Yep. Um. In, in some, in some, um, uh, like the scissors played such a huge factor in the film. Right. In this one, it's non-existent. There are exactly. no scissors. I mean, there, there are. Is no- like she, she likes closes them twice in the kitchen toward the end of the movie. But that's it. Like that's all we oh, see is sure. the scissors. But there is no scissor mayhem. No, like you don't, no. you don't see any, any, any uh, uh, stomach cutting. Like this movie is known for. Hey, it's fucked up. Right. She gets a fucking. Uh, do you even call that a C-section? But this is the movie where the girl gets her stomach cut open and a baby gets born before, she, and then she just. Oh, I'm, I'm just getting mad thinking about it. I, mm-hmm. I couldn't believe this bullshit happy ending. Um, this film. Is only called inside and has the name of Sarah. Apart from that, it's a different fucking movie. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, yeah, I, I could not believe it. Um, I, and what, what I, at me? this point, I was hate watching. Oh, absolutely. Like, I was just so mad. And that literally, like, I wrote down the idea that this woman all of a sudden is going to sacrifice herself to save baby and Sarah is just, fuck. I, like, I'm exhausted typing how ridiculous this movie is. And that's when I stopped. Like, I didn't write anything. Unfortunately, yeah. that was the end of the movie anyway. But, like, I just, I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Like, I just, I, it's fucking horrible. Um, well, you know, it's an 90 minute movie and it felt so much longer. It did. It's like, how oh, does my this God. movie feel like it's so fucking long? Another yeah. thing that I'm yeah. going to repeat in a couple of minutes here when I talk about my final thoughts, but, Go for um, it. I was just, I just was thinking about something you were talking about a minute ago and I totally lost it. I was trying to look up, um, cause I remember seeing like, uh, like a minimalist poster for inside and it's like the yeah. scissors. Like that's, it's, you're so right. It, like the scissors are so iconic to the original film. Yes. It's like, how do you just let those go? That's what mm-hmm. I was going to say though. And what I don't understand is if you watch Kidnapped, Kidnapped yes. 
was was gruesome, not necessarily in like an overly bru- uh, uh, gory way, but just in a in a brutal way. And it does yeah. not have a happy ending at all. It's a very fucked up ending. Like, wh- why? It's just like these three people decided that they are they are instead of making because all their original movies are all in in Spanish, and you know uh, presumably. You know, they had that audience in mind when making them. And it's as if they said to themselves, oh, we're making this for an American audience. We have to dumb it down. And that severely sacrificed everything that makes what they've done previously good. It makes it just like just bad. I don't I'm just I can't I don't know what else to say. It's just not good. We're on, we're on the same page. Uh, There's nothing redeemable in this film whatsoever. Mm hmm. Like, like yeah, there really so isn't. Go ahead and talk about what's your final thoughts and your star rating for Inside 2016. I had high hopes for the Inside remake. Uh, I knew it would not uh, match the 2007 French version because that is a classic. Uh, I thought it would at least emulate some of it. And what we got is a sanitized version of the film. Um it, it almost feels like this film, you know, there's a documentary that I saw on Netflix years ago. And it's about in, in Salt Lake City, Utah, where this movie company I love would that edit, movie. yes, would edit films and take out all the sex and the violence and the swearing <laughs> yeah. and all that stuff. This feels like that type of film, um, where it's been, uh, it feels like it's been sweeted. You know, remember that uh, Be Kind Rewind movie with Jack Black and Moss Def? Yeah. Where they remake a movie? This feels like a sweeted version of The French Inside. Um, it doesn't look low budget. Maybe they didn't, they ran out of money uh, for the blood. I honestly don't know. Exactly. Um, it does have a few good gore scenes, like don't, like the mother, heartbreaking, but really well made. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest, to be honest, um, I don't reco- recollect, to, and I watched this two days ago. It just it it never left an impression for me, and I find this remake of Inside is a lot like the remake of Martyrs, where they take a mm. really kick-ass French film and they just change the shit out of it to a point where nobody's gonna like it. Like Martyrs is not a likable film to begin with. Like a lot of people respect it, but it's hard to watch. Um, Inside I- as well. It's respected. Some people find it hard to watch. It's very, it's very gory, and I love it. Um, but this here, it's it's like it's a whitewash. It's like it's been bleached, and like this inside, I could watch this with my niece and nephew. Ah, uh, maybe not my nephew. Maybe not my niece either. Um, <laughs> maybe a, a, someone who doesn't like horror movies but wants to dip into the horror movie pool. I might show this one. It's got a bit of gore, but it really isn't that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm really, this is the first film that I'm debating giving no stars to. That's how much I despised it. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I know. And I've been thinking about this ever since I saw it. I'm like, do I give it half a star or do I give it no stars? So is this worse than Super Beasto? Super Beast still had nudity, even though it was, it was, you know, uh, it's Pixelated. cartoon. Yeah. It still, it still had boobs. Um, yeah, th- this is one of my least favorite movies I've ever seen because I love the original so much. Now, 
Did this film, <laughs> talking about, you know, remakes and shit, did this film ruin my childhood? No. Mm-hmm. Did this film ruin uh, my enjoyment of the first film? It no. Enhanced it enhanced it. Me appre- exactly. Yeah. It made me appreciate the first film more. So, with all that being said, and I think I had more I wanted to say, but I'm just seeing red right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I I will give Inside 2016, <sighs> I'm going to give it no stars. All right. I give it a zero out of four. There we go. I, we didn't even know it was on our rating scale, and it is today. That's that's yeah. how crazy this movie was. Yeah, Absolutely. I give it half a star on Letterbox just to show that I've mm-hmm. actually given it something. Um, but pretty right. much half star means zero, anyways, to me. But uh, yeah, this film is not worth anybody's time. Yeah, yeah, it uh, really isn't. In that movie that the documentary you were, you were referencing is called Clean Flicks from 2009, and it is That's a it. highly recommended documentary. I found that film fascinating as hell. But yeah, so yeah, it, it's really good. Yeah. Regardless, so uh, my final thoughts. So the original Inside from 2007, and again, I apologize. I'm going to repeating mostly what Mark just said and what we talked about already. But um, the original Inside from 2007 was one of the goriest, most insane, over the top, and greatest home invasion films I've ever seen. It would be in the Cinefessions Hall of Fame if it was not for Ash. But Rest in peace, this Ash. remake, exactly. <laughs> this remake, though, is over the top in all the wrong ways. It feels forced and, frankly, dumb, sanitized bullshit most of the runtime. It's boring, it's slow-moving, and it just pissed me off the longer it went on. It lacks character motivations, tension, and gore, which is what made the original so goddamn memorable. This is an absolute waste of 89 minutes since because the original exists. This does nothing better than the original, which is a real shame seeing as the names behind this project have created some films that I really enjoyed in the Rex series and Kidnapped. They just missed the mark on this one. The remake is not worth your time, and it makes me want to go watch the original again, like I've been saying, just to wipe the sour taste out of my mouth. So I'm giving 2016 version of Inside, I'm going to give it one out of four stars. Wow, that's generous. Yeah. And, and yes, you should rewatch the original. I know. J- I just I need to. And you know what? It will blow you away the differences. Just because this one's fresh in your mind to rewatch mm-hmm. the original, it's like, what the fuck did they do wrong? How can you fuck <laughs> up a remake? Just even even if it's a psycho remake, where it was shot scene by scene, they still fucked it up. Right. But this one here has so much carnage, and it's not as it. It's a different kind of film. But mm-hmm. if you're gonna do like a blood and guts film inside. You do it almost shot for shot, and uh, it it might be a, you know a few steps off par or off off beat, but it's still gonna be better than what we saw tonight or what we talked about tonight. Right, absolutely. Um, I'm trying to remember what the hell movie was it that I watched that I gave zero and I, so half a star is the lowest I've ever given a movie, and I I okay. said this was the least. This was the, the, my least favorite film that we've ever reviewed on the podcast. And it wasn't that long ago. What the hell was it? Ooh, that's a good question. Man, I can't remember. I think it had to be before the Psycho arc, but god damn, it's just escaping my head, my mind right now. So bef- before the Psycho arc, but probably after the Vincent Price arc or the Roger Corman arc. Right. But it wasn't. I know uh, one of my least favorite was... Wishmaster 2, that was my least favorite film of last year. <laughs> but this okay. one I, I disliked even more than Wishmaster 2. Was oh, it fuck, during the Psycho it? arc? Maybe it was. Maybe it was uh Oh, what, what, was Bates this Motel. the Psycho TV movie? Yeah, I think yeah. it was. Bates Motel. Yeah, I'll watch Bates Motel over this any day. 
man, I don't, I don't know. I'm kind of, kind of torn. It's like I wouldn't watch either of them, but if I had to pick one, I would yeah. probably, I'd probably watch this over that. I just, I hated that Bates Motel. That was so bad. Oh, it, it was bad, but I think this is worse. I really do. Hmm. At least, at least with Bates Motel, you had an older lady trying to seduce a teenager boy, right? Which you know, <laughs> yeah. Ah, anyway, it's, child, it's at, least, at least there's child leering in uh, right. Bates Motel. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, so that's gonna do it for this week. So next episode, we will be reviewing 2018's The Strangers Pray at Night, and I am super fucking excited to finally watch this movie. Oh, yeah, it's a sequel it's... to one of my favorite films, so I'm super excited for this one. Um, and if you have not seen our thoughts on The Strangers, make sure you check out episode 72 for that one. Again, that was during our home invasion arc, so definitely check that out before you listen to our next episode. And remember that, uh, of course, we're on a bi-weekly schedule now, so that means that episode 136 is scheduled to release on Monday, August 27th, assuming that I don't have a child before then. Um, but definitely follow us on social media because if they're, you know, at some point coming up here soon, there is going to be last minute schedule changes. So definitely follow us on, uh, follow Cinefessions on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. That way you can keep up to date with any, uh, changes as, as we approach, uh, our, our, my wife's due date here. So uh, along yeah. with that, you can email us at contact at com, or you can give us a call at one three zero two four four eight talk we offer up plenty of ways to get a hold of us, so please don't be shy and tell us what you think about the show. Share any suggestions you might have for future arcs, any recommendations on things we should watch, read, buy, anything, play. Don't be shy. We love interacting with you guys on social media whenever we can, so definitely hit us up on any of those platforms. And another reminder that if you do like what you're hearing, please leave us a review on um, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or wherever else it might be that you're listening to us. Those positive reviews help us reach a larger audience. So we really appreciate you taking the time to leave us that review and by telling your friends about the show. And Mark, remind our listeners where else they can find you online. Uh, until I delete my Twitter, my current Twitter handle is Mark underscore Nadeau. That's M-A-R-C underscore N-A-D-E-A-U. And you can also get me on Instagram and on Letterboxd at mnado 2 Excellent. And you can find me on my personal Twitter feed and on Letterboxd under Simon1. And on Goodreads as well. That's P-S-Y-M-I-N-1. All right, Mark. Well, that was fun. I'm glad we got that it, out of the way. <laughs> you know what? It, it was. Uh, I was uh, concerned for about a split second because Ash wasn't here. Right. Because he is our rock. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, I think we pulled one out of the hat for tonight. So I uh, <laughs> uh, hope you feel better, Ash. And oh, uh, rest in peace, Liv Tyler. <laughs> Oh, God. Ash isn't dead and Liv Tyler is an angel. So, all righty. <laughs> <laughs> we want to say thank you to everyone for listening to episode 135 of the Cinefessions podcast. And remember, in film we trust. We'll catch you next time. Yeah.